Brand new podcast, everybody. And if you are buying merch at BurtBurtBurt.com, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, if you order it now, we can get it out by Friday. That, that, well, the post office says if it's in first class mail by Friday, you should get it by Christmas. That's what the post office says. So, And we've been doing it. We've been processing orders and mailing them every day. So hopefully, hopefully it will get there. And our intention would be to get it there to you on time. But I'd say... Place your order by Thursday so we can ship it out on Friday. Yeah. And so, and thank you, everyone. I'll do another push on Instagram. Uh, I've been doing a couple of pushes. Uh, <clears throat> by the way, I've been doing press all week for the Birdie Boy World Tour. And uh, I have not really been paying. I A lot of things give me anxiety in life. Ticket sales give me anxiety. I never really gave a shit in stand-up. My entire career, I never gave a shit. And then the first theater tour I did, I was stressed about it, but it did very well. Yeah. Second theater tour, we went to some bigger venues, and and it was a different. You know, it's so interesting about life is you do recognize patterns. I, I just want to take two seconds and tell you about this, okay? Because I, I, if you can accrue any insight in life from the small story, then then great. When I did. When the machine story went viral, I, I was doing $20 tickets. I had, to, I had a buyout from all the clubs and for like just a lump sum, no bonuses. And we changed that and we got a percentage of the door. It's the first time I ever cared about a ticket price. It was the first time I ever cared about a ticket price or a ticket number at the end of the day. I was really, I'd never really known that that was something. And by the way, it introduced a stress to something I love. <laughs> like I love stand-up. I absolutely love stand-up. I love it more than anything in the world. Except love, me, except me, except me. Except Leanne, except I love me. it unexamined. Like, I don't like comics in the room when I'm doing stand-up. I don't want anyone in the room. I just, I like it unexamined. Hmm. I'm the purest form of, like, Tom and I were talking about that last night, because Tom was and I were on a show together at the store with Rogan and Burr. It was a really fucking banger show. I bet. Bill Burr, fucking such a fucking genius cunt. He's like, I, I got all new stuff, man. I got all new stuff. And I, I go, well, then jump in front of me. I have new stuff too, but I know that he's, you know, he's got a, a new baby. And I was like, I know the feeling of wanting to get in and out of the club and go home. Yeah. He's like, I just got new stuff. I want to run some new stuff. And I was like, okay. In my head, I'm like, it's new stuff. Fucking murderous. Of course. It's murderous. Tommy killed, Joe destroyed. Everyone's doing new stuff. I'm doing new stuff too. I go up at the end. God bless Tom Segura. He sat and watched my whole set. And he was like, all right, I have notes. Oh, he did? And I was like, really? And he's like, yeah, yeah. He's like, that story you're telling about finding the wedding ring and the baby or whatever. He's like, that's, oh, that's, he goes, you just got to work that out. That's going to be fucking great. I that's like, awesome. It was gave me so much confidence to take it up into the OR. My point being, I'm at the base of where I, I what I love right uh -huh. now is writing. I love that. Unexamined comedy, un, unconsequential comedy, like meaning just doing stand up, just fucking around on stage. Yeah. No rules, not getting in trouble. That first round of tours was the first time I was introduced to ticket sales, and I became obsessive compulsive, a perfectionist, because I wanted, someone had said, you've sold out every show. Now, it's $20 tickets, right? And I'm not saying that that's not a lot of money, but that is a doable evening for a lot of people. Yeah. 40 bucks, go see a show, especially someone you saw the machine story. I sold out every single show the entire year that year. Every single show sold out. I added shows. Every added show sold out. I got really obsessive compulsive about it. 
I didn't realize I was doing it. And then when we did the theater tour, I got nervous and all the theater shows sold out and we added shows, those all sold out. And I, once again, it's, and it goes back to Priscilla. When Priscilla, the first time I noticed this was with Abigail. Abigail was my first dog in college and I thought she had a hip problem for a second. Mm -hmm. And I came unraveled. You? I came unraveled and I thought I can't not have a perfect dog. Oh goodness. Are you serious? This is why I'm I'm sharing the story is that if this helps anybody. Uh Uh-huh. When Priscilla had a fucked up knee, uh-huh. I thought we'll get it fixed. And uh-huh. then when the other knee was fucked up, I was like, we'll get it fixed. And when, and, but I kept unraveling. I remember unraveling so bad one Christmas Eve. Oh, I remember this unravel. It was nasty. It was gnarly. I can't control it. It was, yeah, I know that. And you're lucky that I know that because I give you a big pass but that one christmas eve you came unraveled it was not cool not cool bert t- took a look at the, the gifts that i had bought under I, the tree we do not need to share the story we can just say that i came unraveled and we got through it i think i've already shared it in a wife of the party so whatever so if you've listened to wife of the party you've heard the story if not, I guess you have to listen to my whole catalog and find it. <laughs> my point is, I've been coming unraveled these last few weeks. And, not and nearly as bad as you have in the past. I've been very, I've been very quiet about it. Okay. I've been very, very quiet about it and internalizing it. This is why we don't have a phone in the man cave. Yeah, exactly. Um, and this fucking phone number sucks. It does. Oh, it's in my. It's in my. I don't even know where it is. It's gonna say call from. You can't stop it from there. You need yeah, the right. you need the handset. That's fine. That's fine. All Let right. it ring. Phone's Let it ringing. Ring. Let it ring. Yeah, guys, this is part of imperfection. It's part of imperfection, and it's part of a uh, home office. You it's work part at of home. Imperfection. Do you remember how? It's also gonna. It's gonna. If someone's gonna leave a message, you're gonna hear it. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, I can't turn it off without the handset. Do you remember how unraveled I got when Georgia cut her chin? Yeah. And I was obsessive about putting microdermabrasion on it or whatever it's called. Uh, Mederma? Mederma on it. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's, I don't know. I man. didn't know that was about perfection. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? Just unplug it. Yeah. Um. So uh, I didn't know that was about perfection. It is. There's that's why you didn't of, want Izzy because she was a runt. Yeah, and 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 that, and and by the way, that's what happened when I started losing my hair. It was it was like, shut up. But imperfection is where most beauty lies, I believe. That's where most of the like good stuff lies is in your imperfections. I I found that when I fell in love with you because I'm super imperfect. <laughs> There's a lot of imperfectness about you, but you didn't. Yes. You never gave a fuck. I don't. You never gave a fuck. It's not that I don't entirely give a fuck. I accept it. I go, this is this is what I have. And I'm okay with that. And, you know, of course, I would like to be look better in a bikini. But, you know, who wouldn't? Uh, by the way, there's, I mean, there's so much to this that to unravel, that to unpack, or rather, that I can't even, I can't even explain. Like, I can't even tell you how much I'm tethered to, perfection sometimes Mm -hmm. and and 
by the way, this is all leading to the dumbest fucking thing in the world. Well, perfectionism can be very helpful if you're someone like a comic who refuses to say, well, that's good enough. Right? You don't ever uh, that, say uh, that's that, good by enough. By the way, that's my, my hour special. My, my hour special I just saw in Cleveland. And, and every special ever since. I am so obsessive. I had the first time I watch it, I unravel. Yes, and I'm because like, of, and I can't watch it. I'm like, this fucking sucks. This is horrible. I can't yeah, even watch it. Yeah, but it's not true. It's your perfectionism that's that does that to you. Um, I mean, there's, I think there's a lot of value in it if you can figure out how to manage yourself with it and not beat yourself up or become self-destructive or sabotage yeah. yourself or things like that because of perfectionism. But perfectionism is very valuable when it's, you know maintained and controlled i could use a little more perfectionism sometimes because sometimes i go ah it's good enough like yeah. if i'm baking a cake i know it tastes good i don't really give a shit what it looks like sometimes yeah. it would be nice to have a cake that was also pretty yeah. <laughs> but i don't really care about that so well my point being the point i was bringing up in this well there's two points but um if if you're like me and this can unravel you. It's okay to get some help. But 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 you're not getting any help. I know. So why don't you take your own advice? I have to get back into therapy. Yes, I think you need I to. I fucking need to. I totally need to. The whole point of this conversation. You ready? <laughs> Are you ready to hear where where I where I where I'm going with this? Can't wait. It goes back to those twenty dollar tickets. Is I wanted to be a perfection. I want to have a perfect sold out. I want every hundred uh, percent perfect sold out record. And I have not been looking at ticket sales for this tour, the Birdie Boy tour. I haven't yeah. been looking at them because I didn't want it to stress me out. Yeah, I have so much on my plate. I was like, you know what? If it's undersold in certain markets, it's going to give me a fucking panic attack, and I don't want to deal with it. Mm -hmm. And I've been doing aggressive press on the phone. Every morning, 5 a.m. till 10.30. We just got done. It's 11 o'clock. Every morning, I've been calling into radio stations about 15 a morning, 20 a morning. Mm -hmm. and uh, Which is insane. Which is insane. It's but by insane. the way, if we're going to back, go back, I believe, and this is my brain in stand-up, if you don't do everything, right. you're selling yourself short. But I if agree you with don't, that. If you go to the store and you don't do every room that they'll put you up in, you're selling yourself short. If you don't do a show and then on your ride home try to hit the ha-ha, you're selling yourself short. You're 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 cheating yourself. It's it's the guy that gets on the treadmill and goes, goes, you know what? A mile's good enough. No, 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 do four miles. And then if you're at four miles and you're like, okay, that's it, I'm beat, then that's fine. But if you got it in you, do four and a half miles, do five, do a little extra. A little extra always takes you the next way. That's why I'm with stand-up. That's why I did this last leg of the body shots world tour. That's why I did straight three months i didn't take one break straight every weekend three months so my brain goes if you don't do everything you're so, you're 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 selling yourself short well you rest you're, easier at night when you know you've done everything too yeah uh, i feel that way too it's being a bit immersive right you immerse yourself in something and you do it a hundred percent yeah and but at the same time 
you you do have to you know balance intensity with recovery. You have to, or I you'll can't. start having mental problems or mental breakdowns why, or PTSD. I think, I think that's why I started spinning out after the special because I had put so no much recovery. work in, into it that I didn't know how to decompress. You need recovery. I just was listening on the radio this morning. Do you know how much time off a human being needs to reset themselves? Actually, to reset. 14 to 17 days of not being at work okay. at all. All right. Well, that's horseshit. So it's not horseshit. That's why Europe, half of Europe takes a month off. I can't take a month. I can't. By the way, look, my I'm not point, asking you to take a month off. I'm asking I'm in you production to have some right recovery. Now. I'm hanging out podcasts. I'm doing as I'm heading from here to do two, do two bears, one cave over to the writer's room to take a meeting with Netflix. And then, and then in edit on Friday, look. My and the people point, listening are going, wah, wah. This no. This is your dream come true. That's why I say, yeah. do it all. Yeah, do Push it Push it until you fucking, the wheels come off. But you, well, the wheels will come off. And I'm not taking 17 days off. I'm going to force you to take 17 days off. Not going to happen. And that's We're going to go on like an outward bound for 17 days. No phone. Fuck that. No phone. Fuck You got to shit in a bucket. Fuck that. Bring that is it. Why That'd be amazing. The Birdie Boy World Tour starts January 30th. We stop. We wrap production so that you on can the 22nd. Get away from me and I get right back bound. on the road. I'm ready to fucking tour. That's why I'm writing so much. Is this tour. These, I love touring. I love the touring. But my point being in this whole conversation. I haven't looked at ticket sales because I didn't want to stress myself out with all this shit on my plate. And I've been doing radio aggressively. You've said this many times. What's the fucking shut point? Shut the fuck up. Because I saw ticket sales. You saw I, them? I saw, now I've looked at them for the first time. Oh, really? And we've added a bunch of... I know we add shows and it's closed, but those shows are, shows are sold out. Oh, great. A lot of shows are sold out. And in a lot of places, like say Tampa, which is really close to sold out, I won't be able to add a second show because it's like I think it's like a... 2800 seat theater mm -hmm. so once that sells out a lot of times those places don't do two shows in a night right so i will tell you this and this is why i'm this long-winded very jesus I'm, i know everyone's like oh bird i stopped listening when you said perfectionism um a lot of shows are sold, selling out so get your tickets for the birdie boy world tour <laughs> you're fucking out <laughs> That was the longest explanation of just about nothing. <laughs> Did you need a therapy session and you thought you'd do it on the mic? <laughs> Today's know. podcast is brought to you by, whether you're an athlete, a weekend warrior, or someone who just deals with constant joint pain, back pain, muscle soreness, and or arthritis, finding a natural remedy that instantly works might seem non-existent. Most over-the-counter pain relievers such as Icy Hot or Bengay only focus on one basic cooling effect such as menthol, which temporarily takes your mind off the pain until the pain returns in an hour or so. Solution? If you're looking to get rid of the nagging muscle or joint pain immediately while providing long-lasting recovery, then you need to try the natural breakthrough pain relief solution, CryoFreeze CBD, developed by Omax Health. This non-prescription, triple-action, pain-relief roll-on is specifically formulated to block receptors, reduce inflammation, and improve muscle and joint flexibility. The best part? This is 100% natural. CBD-powered remedy works its magic within 10 minutes of application, and relief can last up to 8 hours, much longer than the over-the-counter products. It's super easy to throw in your gym bag and take 
on the go for emergency pain relief. Simply roll on wherever it hurts and ice out the pain with Arctic Blast. Omax Health is offering my listeners 20% off a full bottle of CryoFreeze pain relief roll-on plus shipping. This discount also applies towards any product site-wise. Just go to omaxhealth.com and enter today the code BERT to take advantage of this incredible savings. That's Omax Health, O-M-A-X health.com and enter the code BERT to get 20% off CryoFreeze and site-wide. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the ads. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> you are still fucking loud. You're a fucking horrible human being. I'm not a horrible human being. I think you just need some therapy, babe. I think I do. You do. I don't know when you'd get it done. You don't have any time. Bird made me feel better. He goes, uh, he's like, oh, I'm, I'm back touring. I'm back touring. Two weeks on, one week off. Two weeks on, one week off. And I was like, really? And he goes, dude, uh, I can't just sit at home. I'm losing my fucking mind. And oh, I was God. like, oh, I feel the same fucking way. So no, you do like, not. Okay. Guys, today's podcast is with a guy I've known for much longer than I've known. I first heard him <laughs> on You Know What, Dude, uh, and and when Bobby Kelly used to call him Monster Voice, huh. because he's got such a distinct voice. He is also a part of my favorite radio show on Sirius XM. No mean to throw shade, Jim and Sam, but fucking quite on it, or Nikki Glazer or Ron Bennington, uh, or, or, or that's it. Um, but the bonfire is one of the favorite, my favorite shows I've ever done yeah. ever, 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 ever. We, at the very end of this, maybe I'll, I'll see if I can get the motorcycle clip and I'll give it to Halston and see if he can plug it in. Mm -hmm. I think I have it. Um, but I told a motorcycle story on there that I've only told a few times and just telling it with big J and Dan, it gets punched up so quickly. They are so quick. That show is so amazing. Yeah. If you haven't heard of it yet. Go listen to The Bonfire. It really is one of the best radio shows ever. The two of them have such chemistry. But more than that, he's an amazing comedian. And he has a special that's streaming right now on HBO Go. It's called Son of a Gary. He is phenomenal. He shot his first special at the Troc. And his next special, the one, Son of a Gary, is out now. Go check it out. Stream it on HBO Go. Listen to The Bonfire. He's on Billions also. Like, he's just an all-around great dude. And we have a great fucking conversation. We have a great conversation about the loss of his father, Gary. Uh, the loss of his mother, or, or his, his aunt. Uh, and we talk about a lot about, like, stuff that you and I have talked about, about what it's like to grow up in a house as a single child with no reference to what the world is like. And then be like, oh. You mean, like, for normalcy. Yeah, for yeah. normalcy. Yeah, and yeah. it's a great insight that I wish you were here for. Aw, man. If you want tickets to the Birdie Boy World Tour, go to birdbirdbird.com. Merchandise, if you buy it now and get it, buy it by Thursday, it can get out by Friday. That's right. And we will get it to you before Christmas. Remember, tickets to the Birdie Boy World Tour is a great Christmas gift. Totally. Great Christmas gift. I love when people go, I got this for Christmas. Yep. I always go, well, Merry Christmas. That's awesome. I love when guys, people go, uh, I got you for Christmas. And I'm like, what are you going to do with me? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, my friend, stand-up comedian, actor, radio host, with a new HBO special, Son of a Gary, Dan Soder. First of all, congrats. Thanks, dude. Uh, you know what's so funny is I always have, I always feel like I'm tethered to you because I shot my 
last special at the Troc. And the only other person that, that anyone could talk about, they shot one with the Troc with you. Yeah, dude. I was like, it's us, Michael Ian Black, and I'm trying to think who else shot one there. Someone else. But that the Trocadero, it was so cool. What's crazy is when you drop your Netflix special, when you drop Secret Time at the Troc, I was working Helium in Philadelphia. And so it just felt fucking great oh wow i was like coming back from you know and i was like oh fucking yeah. burn. you know it's just it's also cool when you film a special in a venue and you see someone else film a special in a venue and you're like oh that's how they made it look but the it's room is so interesting because i saw the only one i saw was yours they sent yeah. me yours and the um and the only the only note i had was i was like i can't i can't do, i can't do stand-up the way he does yeah i can't just stand and be funny i gotta run around and i and i couldn't go with that stage that you used. yeah i used one so that you, was like out and kind of sunken and that's what everyone wanted and, I, and it would have made so much more sense but i needed i had two bits where i ran around so i had to use a oval stage that went out but that's but it's it's so amazing to watch someone special somewhere else yeah and go oh you know what you know what's so funny is um sidebar i bombed my first show at the truck yeah i mean i bombed when i did the special yeah there's I, a feeling when you're not doing well at a special taping by the way it's it might be why i never do another special ever for the rest of my life that feeling everyone in the audience feels it so when i did the stand-ups in la yeah downtown first show there we go got it went back to the trailer smoked a bowl was like whoo yeah i guess this next one's pickups huh what did i miss yeah and uh i followed fortune feimster murderer yeah she murdered she murdered so hard i was in the back waiting to go up and she got so many standing or so many fucking applause breaks that i kept getting up to go to thinking that she was done i was like oh uh, no still oh fuck okay yeah okay I, and then I was out there and just that feeling mid set where I'm like, you motherfuckers don't like me. I can, I, I know you're not here to see me. And I know I just like, but I got some of the jokes and then Netflix used that show. Really? I just had a tweet about it a couple of days where a guy's like, you know, my favorite part of your Netflix thing is, is watching the jokes not land. And you understand that the audience isn't into it. And I'm like, why did they use that show? I told him, I'm like, can you use the first one? And he's like, yeah, no, you, uh, the first one you made fun of the venue and we didn't want to put that in there. And you're like what Whoa. but it was one of those things where you're like oh, Jesus but it, yeah <laughs> take the charge on the venue i know but then you're like okay i guess i'm not but that feeling of being up there on stage and being like you guys are not Dude, there's this. there's also so many there's so many things about a special and I, and I think because yours is coming out this weekend it came out december 7th yeah because i think this is coming out the, the I, we can put this out yeah what, what do you, when do you want us to put it out oh uh whatever dude i appreciate yeah next tuesday. tuesday yeah so it came out so you can okay okay so you can uh you it, you can stream now that's what i love about hbo it's yeah. got the netflix and the cable thing where you're like watch Thank it live well, fuck it go stream it stream it uh the the uh the thing that you don't also realize is on that first show when you're not doing well also the cameramen are seeing you and shooting it for the first time yeah so there's a lot of things where they're like oh fuck i didn't know a lot of the cameramen like your director will be there for your 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 practice shows sure and you're and but your your cameramen aren't getting all the shots that they want so even if you do murder that first show sometimes they don't unless you're bargazzi and you're not fucking dancing around you're standing stand and deliver yeah like but, i'm dancing around i got my fingers down by my hips and but you're so right though. so much about 
that first show that even if you nail it, you made it you maybe didn't get it. Well, that maybe they didn't get it. Dude, that's why I did four shows. I swear to God. I swear to God, next time I'm doing seven. You're just going to do like, I'm going to do the whole, whole fucking week. weekend. I'm going to do the whole weekend because I'll tell you right now, in Cleveland, my first show, the, the first show was not, it was definitely not my favorite. The audience was so, so, so tight, but I think we had had such a problem earlier with people being rowdy and crazy that they were like, they, they aired on the side of being like, well, we won't say a fucking word and we won't laugh. So you've had the opposite. You've had, had people fucking going nuts. Oh, I've had people ruin specials. I've had people, I've had everything you could ever have happen at a taping. That's why I said four, because on, in Philly, I did the first show and I bombed. I bombed. I got heckled. They had to kick people out. When you, what was the feeling like when you go backstage? Because when we did this, when we did the first show at Bowery Ballroom, I was so ready to tape that I was yeah. like, let's just do it. And then I finish and I'm like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> and then there's people in the audience that were like, they're texting me like, hey, great job. And I'm like, was it? Was it a fucking oh, great job? How dare you lie to me? How dare you lie to me? Michelle Wolf has the line of the fucking night. We're just, you know, I quit drinking six years ago and we're just in between shows. And I'm like, I just fucking, I didn't get it. And I don't know where she just goes, we got to get you hammered. <laughs> just, that's what she said. There was just a refrigerator of beer. And I was like, if there ever was a time to turn back into Superman. Dude, I, yeah, that, that, that first show. Yeah. Cause you get it. And, and like, then you fuck. get backstage and you go, now, the beauty of four shows is I go backstage and I go, I got three shows left. I was like, and what's crazy about mine is that ramped up. They were like, we got one more. Dude. And you're like, what the fuck do you mean we got one more? Like, this is it. And it's like, fuck. Thank God I had like Big J and Michelle there just to take me down and, you know, just yeah. hang out. That's yep. like. My buddy Tony Hernandez. Yeah. Tony Hernandez. You just need someone who there. Produced who's like, both my specials. Um, first show. He's just honest. First show Philly, he's like, yeah, we don't. I mean, we got some stuff, but it's not. We need to hit one out of the park. And he's like, what do you, got? you want a cocktail? And I was like, <gasps> I was like, no. And he goes, and then he just, <sighs> he just pivoted and he goes, how about we go get a cup of coffee? And dude. I was like, dude, coffee, I would. And I, I, then I murdered the second show in Philly. Second show, Cleveland. Uh, two in the same night or were you doing one a night? Two in a night, two a night. Second show, Cleveland, I would say. I, I would say a triple, a 90%. Like, there was a few lines. No, actually, there was no lines I flubbed, and I murdered for 33 minutes. How do you feel about when they tell you, like, if you flub a line, go I back do, and I do the do joke? It. I just go back and do it. I, I'm I, very comfortable with it. I can't. I don't know what it is. I, I don't I've have flubbed, and I've it. just been like, keep fucking moving. Nope, nope. I pick it up right away. And I'm an idiot. Up. I know I'm wrong. I pick it up straight away. I don't move. I, I just say, hey, hold on. Let me do it one more time. And then sometimes I've gotten it. And I've I've gotten it, and I've said it three times, and then I can't get it the third time, and they're laughing so hard at the fact that I can't get it that you're like, but I'm like I'm like, give me you motherfuckers, and you get them back in the energy. But that's great. I um, I forgot a joke on the first show because I reflubbed and tried to redo. Oh, I missed a whole fucking tag that I was backstage. I missed two tags in the taping. One of the tags, I woke up in bed four days later with my girlfriend, and I was like, I missed the Jimmy Buffett oh, joke. Don't, don't start, don't start, yeah, don't start. Yeah, and I had a fucking like, panic of the Yeah, and I was like, huh? <laughs> and she was like, it was like the Thursday after, and she's like, chill the fuck out, dude. I'm like, this is very cathartic. <laughs> this is very cathartic for me yeah. because so that so that late show, Cleveland, I get the whole show clean. I didn't have one flub. Yeah. I murdered for probably 33 to 37 minutes. But on this one joke, I just felt like I lost their energy a tad bit, yeah. right? And I was like, 
I was like, hmm. And I was like, that I've been losing people's energy at a certain point, but it's because I've front loaded the special so much. Yeah, because you know, I know that we're I know in the that. age of streaming. You got to understand that my look, I put my best joke starts three minutes in. That's my my second best joke follows that. My third best joke follows that. And, and then and then I've got a joke that I would argue is even better than all those, but it had gone viral at one point. So, so you, I, yeah, I yeah. backloaded it and went, that'll go there. And then this new, I close on what is arguably probably my strongest thunder, thunder, thunder joke. And I go, I go, okay, that's it. But in that one part, you know, this one joke, like 34 minutes in on that second show, which, which is probably the show they'll end up using. Yeah. First out of Friday. the four. Well, then we go in, we do Saturday, Saturday's early show. I, I would say out of a hundred, I say I was a ninety-five. Like it was, I was like, I was like, all right. In my head, I went, now we've got it. We and got that's got to push you from to... the late to uh, then the late show Saturday. Was, and, and I needed this. I needed to murder. I needed to murder one time. Okay. And and I by, thought you were gonna go opposite. I thought you were gonna go, and they fucking no. stuck me. When I like, got off stage, Dan, and I went. I went back into the control. I walked off stage to the control room, and I went. We fucking got that's the fucking show everyone's going i'm getting chill bumps i'm getting chill so bumps. you gotta like, use that one uh we won't and i'll tell you why um sometimes and i learned this from tignataro sometimes you're making a show you are making a show for the people at home yeah you're not making a show for the people in the room so what murders in the room sometimes seems loud it seems yeah aggressive it seems a little like who and yeah. and but and, I think we want that because in our way, and that's not a good yeah. thing, but we want that thing where you're like, yeah, huh? Fucking. Yeah. That fucking murdered. And, people and, then, are, and then you never know all this work you put into a fucking 18, for me, my turnaround was 18 months. 18 months. Yeah, I was like, I was like, uh, like 28 months. Yeah. All that work is then, I told my wife, I go, I feel like I built a house and now I'm just going to tear it down and build a house right on top of it. That's exactly what you do. But I think you can't and look at it like that. I think you, you can't tell. You can't. I, by the way, you're building a house from the inside out. Yeah. So like, you don't know what it looks like from the outside. You, you walk outside you, and you go, "That's you, what the oh, fuck it looks fuck, like." I didn't see that. What did I? Fi- flum- I didn't. I don't like this. I don't oh. like the way it looks. But I think what you do is, I don't think you tear it down as much as you just move to the next house, and you're like it's just like you build like a neighborhood like each each special is like a different yeah it's like when i lived in alaska there was this guy who lived up there who the story was he moved up there in the 70s bought a plot of land built like a fucking shack and then next to it built like a better shack and then now has like a log cabin because he's just built that and you're kind of like that's a fucking what a cool dude yeah but also a way you can look at comedy is like each thing you build is hopefully better and more intricate like I feel like this special. If this was a house, I'm like, I got stairs, and they're like, you yeah. put stairs in. And like, do you, did you look at this special as like, how do I challenge myself? How do I go in a different direction? How do I, how do I add on to what I've already done? I wanted no stone left unturned. I was like, when when HBO offered me the hour, the first thing I asked him was like, can we do it late 2019 so I can do Edinburgh Fringe Festival, so I can do JFL Montreal, JFL Toronto. I want to run the fuck out of this hour and they were like yeah that would be awesome and so then for me it was like how do i close how do i close the gap on those, those kind of you know how do i just have like boom 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 and that's just what i focused on so then when you finish that it's a weird decompression i'm still in it where you're kind of like 
Yeah. Thank God, you know, like comedy is a social job and we talk to each other about it. Dude, because... I would go crazy if I just did a special and then sat in my room and waited for it to come out. All right, I'd go crazy. But Segura talking. Called me, Segura called me that he was he did his the week before. Okay. <clears throat> and he called me and just vented about his. And I went, thank God. Thank God that we all, Jesus Trejo had done his. And he was like, I go, how'd it go? And he was like, good. And I was like, oh, you're feeling the depression after you shot a special of like, fuck was that any good was did i did i work on mediocre material for 18 months are people just laughing because they're nice did no one have the balls to tell me i'm a hack yo did but because <laughs> you know what happens is there are specials that come out and you go no one around them said that sucked yeah there's been specials that came out that you're like don't blame i don't necessarily i blame the comedian but yeah. i blame more their friends of being like killer shit and they're like right and you're like yeah and then other comics are like why the fuck did you put that shit out but you have that fear. You don't know if that's the life you're in. You know what I mean? There's like a crazy thing. I watched Nate tape the Tennessee kid and then having the phone calls with him of he's like, I don't even know if I know how to do comedy. You know, and he's like, and Wolf, the same thing. Yeah. She taped joke show and then we're on the phone and she's like, I don't know. And I've watched him go through it like two Her months difference. Joke show is coming out. Like the, the 10th. 10th. Yeah, so it's coming out. It comes, mine came out the 7th. It comes out the 10th. She... I, I've told you, I've, the, I, I don't get depression. Yeah. But I get this thing that's like, uh, I, I'm saying the word wrong word. It's called like, I see life as futile. Yeah. I see the futility of, of the struggle. Yeah. Where I go, it's almost like working out. Like, I, Patrice has this great joke that I've been, that I've written a hundred times in my head and then saw it and I went, oh, so that's Patrice's joke yeah, that yeah. I've just seen. And he goes, I went and worked out the other day. I busted my ass. I got done. And he's like, so I got to do this tomorrow? Yeah. And I start looking at life that way where I look at like, um, I just look at like people and I go, so you'll, you'll, I'm not saying that I'll get the, the private island, but I go, you, you may not even just get a house. Like you may never fall in love. You may never like, so you don't get that. Like this person won't get that. Just seems unfair to me that not everyone falls in love. That not everyone gets to do the job they love. That not everyone, you know. But I think that's putting too much emphasis on you worrying about other people. And I think that's where other people fail to do that is because they're not. I don't think everyone will fall in love, but I think people will fall. Maybe might fall in love with something. Yeah, but no, but then like, then like, then you go. So then this kid's got childhood cancer and you go. So that kid just doesn't, he doesn't get shit. And then the parents just get sadness. And you're yeah. like, ugh. Like you just start. It's not depression. It's just. I, all of a sudden, for whatever reason, there's periods of my life, and maybe it is when I, because I, I, you know, I party pretty hard after the special, and now I'm back on the mend where I'm like, all right, it's December, we're working, sure. we're not boozing, we're gonna hang out, but we're gonna focus, and maybe it's that, maybe it's that, but I, I start seeing it so clearly, and I was seeing it with comedy, like I'm fucking scrolling through whatever Facebook the other day, yeah. and I'm just, I am literally punching dudes in the chin swiping past them yes. going like next next and it's like uh and a guy laugh at the laugh factory just like i was one day just like i was and he's sure. like and he's like uh i got uh, and it was not it's not a bad premise but i was like next ne i'm literally just passing through them and i was like dude and i heard rogan say on his podcast i love watching stand-up and i thought well i haven't loved watching just stand up i can't just sit in the back of the room and just watch stand up for a while and then michelle 
told a stupid joke about fucking labradoodles and i was giggling yeah. so hard oh, yeah, the otter joke and i was laughing so hard no one yeah. i was like okay i can find it again you you gotta understand it's like you you're in a weird way like mentally food sick like you just you just made this big meal and ate it and it's like <laughs> an overwhelming meal and then you're like i gotta shit and then yeah. you're just going online and people are being like look at my fucking riblet sandwich and you're like i don't want to fucking Dude, see that it's disgusting but then you see it and you're like oh michelle does a souffle like i've never seen before and you're like oh, maybe i'll eat that better but you you got to digest you have to fucking you know i was i was talking to this uh, to somebody about i was talking to this about ron funches about my agent was like so we go on the road special comes out we hit the fucking road dude we taped in october and it's out in december that's not it's a quick turn that's whiplash that's yeah. like fucking turning around and it's like i haven't had moments to really process this to be like i was in the editing bay within two weeks just like yeah that's the but it did make it better on some aspects because it was still fresh so i was like okay i, I cut that i don't want to do that but what's weird is like our agents, when they're good, are setting us up to make money and to work, mm -hmm. yeah. which is what you want, which is what you want the whole time you're doing comedy. What's hard to do is to tell an agent, chill the fuck out. You're going to burn me out. But, but okay, now here's my question. I, if you're going to use an example of, of someone that could have been burnt out, it's me. Dude, you hit the road, but you have the Mickey Mantle gene. Yeah, you're but, a different, you're a no, different but I, But beast. I wonder, like, I wonder... Because I've always heard that. Like, I remember when I was a kid, they're like, they're killing Mitch. They're ki they did. They did kill Mitch. Yeah. And they're and they like, they're killing Pablo. And you're like, man, you could argue they killed Pablo also. Because if you start making money in this business and you start selling tickets, the, the, the agents, because how they're programmed, and really you can't get mad at it. It's just how the business Not sets itself right. up. They're like, we can get you more money. Don't you want more money? And the whole time you're doing comedy, you don't have shit. Yeah. And then you're like, yes, I want money. Because also in comedy, people are like, that shit could go away. Especially in the current culture we're in. They're like, you Dude. might not have. And, you know, Louis is the example. But also, Louis came to Ari Shafir's barbecue with Joe List back, uh, like, this summer or whatever. And we kind of, it was Memorial Day. And we, like, after the barbecue, we all walked through the East Village because we were all going our different ways. And uh, Louis was talking about doing spots in the city. And he's like, I don't do spots in the city. And he's like, sometimes it's better to take time off from stand-up because then when you come back to it, there's, like, a different love and you're kind of like... <laughs> Well, you know, I don't, I don't I really. Think that's what the progressive left was asking of him. Yeah, when he was like, "I'm back to his boss, guys." Yeah, they're like, "No, please don't." Please he's what like, happened to that advice? But, but yeah, he's like, "Oh yeah," he's like, "I'm not going to do it." You know, yeah, you know, sometimes you got to reflect. You go, sometimes you got to apologize. You go, that seems like. Uh... But the lesson I definitely, the lesson I definitely took from that was like, you got to fucking. Sometimes it sometimes is right. Like I was, I. I thought first off it was hilarious, but I was like, yeah, man, you know, should I fucking take some time off? But he, uh, but I think what he was saying was true. It was like, it, there is power in being like, you know, in New York, it's always like, how many spots you do in a week? How many spots? You got 15, 20 spots. And it does feel good when you're working on something because then you're getting the reps. But then if you're just doing the reps after you already worked on something, you're kind of like, oh, am I just spinning my wheel? Am I just burning the fuck out? Yeah, there is, you know, to tell them no is a very powerful thing. To tell them, be like, give me a it's month. A, it's also a very, I think it be, can be very foolhardy. I think there is an, I, I, I would, I would argue, and I would I'd probably argue this out loud, aloud to him, but Ari just disappearing yeah. wasn't the best thing for his career. I it, mean. Uh, it's good for Ari. And it's good for his brain. Sure. But like, I think it, it fucks. I mean, it's like, it's like. You think it kills momentum? It, you, when you have momentum. Sure. 
you know, and I, and I would, when you have momentum going and your podcast is growing yeah. and you have people that are coming to you weekly saying like, like if Joe just took, you know, three months off, it would, you, I, I mean, I, three months is enough, three months is too much, but I mean, what did it already take off? Like, yeah, I think he did like four, four months. But, when you take four months off, I'm not saying it's not better for your development, Yeah, but, and I'm not saying it's not better for your brain. And if Ari's brain was in a place where he needed that, but if, if you got a special yeah, and you're going to put your special out and you're not going to support it and you're not going to tour it and you're but not going to. But I, I think there's a difference between not touring it and putting it out and being like, give me till January, which is kind of what I wanted. I kind of was like. I'll tell you right now. Because it comes out the 7th of December and I was kind of like, let me go back on the road in January and then I'll go that's, on the that's road. That's fine. Oh, yeah, that's totally fine. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but they yeah, were yeah. like immediately like oh yeah they want no they next want weekend you're an indie and then you're in fucking so-and-so and you're so-and-so and you're kind of like oh, they want you they want you on the road the week it drops and the comedic brain my comedic brain is like listen i don't want that fucking special to drop and you come see me at helium and i'm doing half the special and you go i saw this done the best it's gonna be okay, done so that's so that here that's where i am right now where i'm like my brain goes hey man make hay while the sun shines if you want strike while the iron's hot if you want your cake and to eat it too, or to eat your cake and have it too, I think is the proper way to say it. Is it? I don't know where the fuck I read that in a book. I thought it was to have your cake and eat it too. Eat your cake and have it too. Huh. It's, I someone solve this what, mystery. What, what was I wise just, producer? What was I just <laughs> I just was reading a book, and they were saying I wasn't reading a book. This is, this is a fucking Netflix goddamn fucking TV show about the Unabomber. Dude, that's so the great. The Unabomber wrote to have your cake key. and eat it too because he was a stickler, obviously, for rules. Yeah, yeah, guy and fucking that, enough to move to Montana yeah. and fucking blow shit up. And he, and he, that's the proper way to say it. That is the way it was originally written is to, to eat, eat your, your cake, cake and, and have, have it too. too. So he put it in there and they're like, this fucking guy and fucked it up. And he's like, I'm going to send a bomb to your fucking house. Yeah, and that, well, that's one of the ways they found him. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so... So now I'm stuck on to eat your cake and have it too. I like so, it though. Dude, if you if learned you, it, you learned it from the best. One Ted Kaczynski. Do Sorry, not, I'm trained verbally by Ted Kaczynski. Started on Ted Kaczynski. Dude, let's do a side podcast just about Ted Kaczynski. I'm a little there's, like, there's, I, think I can him make and Bill Burr would get along really well. I also think you could make an argument. You could make an argument that Ted Kaczynski is John Connor and he's fighting Skynet. He's fighting the evolution of technology. <laughs> think about it. He's the hero we need, not the hero we deserve. <laughs> He's the hero we need. Yeah. You know, did He's you, fighting all this technology. He might be the fucking was, prime soldier in the in the war against the robots. By the way, that is not that is not far fetched. That is like not if you, if they look in the future and they go, this man tried to fight artificial intelligence from taking over, and like, well, what did they do with him? Like, well, first he had to move way into the cab, into yeah. the fucking woods of Montana, <laughs> and then they put him in jail for the rest of his life. I mean, he was he was done, and they're like, yeah, fuck. But he, you know, because you don't think crazy's crazy. If someone traveled in time and said something, you'd be like, you're an insane person. We have to commit you. Yeah. Yeah, but if he's like, I'm fucking telling you. Trust me. Trust me. Machines. Dude, did you watch? Did you watch the Unabomber uh, series? No, but oh, I will. It's, it's fucking amazing. I mean, Ted that, Kaczynski says, Ted Kaczynski says to me, Panthers have fired head coach. Ron, Ru Riverboat yeah. Ron's gone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, I fucking love him. It was a rough week in, with Tampa. No, I know. With, uh, with, who are the Panthers play this weekend? They lost to Tampa. I mean, they... Uh, yeah. I bet they get rid of Cam Newton. I think Cam Newton ends up in Philadelphia or he ends up in... Uh, I love that. 
I think he's in Philly, or I think he goes to the Raiders. Really? I don't think Derek Carr and John. Derek Carr is so beautiful. I know. He's a handsome son. He's so beautiful. I mean, I'm a Jimmy G guy because I'm a 49ers fan. But if you could have sex with one. Hold on. I don't want Jimmy G. This. We don't even need to do it. Uh, really? Yeah. And I'll go oh, front to front. Because that, you're, you're that, that's We'll your do team. missionary. I'll get my knees <laughs> up to my run. elbows. I would pro- right now, I definitely, and I, I don't find him attractive, but, uh, but Lamar Jackson. Okay. I just want to see him juke his dick into my ass. I'll just be like, <laughs> You go, are you up? No, we're in. He breaks my ankle and yeah. he's fucking my ass. Go, oh, fuck. You go, the worst is the ankle pain. It's not the <laughs> anal. It's not you ripping my hole open. Um, uh, There's a part in this in this Unabomber uh, movie. Is it a movie or a documentary? It's a movie, and it's which is, makes it better. Really? Yes. Because sometimes they go too far with, Jay and I always talk about this, they go too far with the biop language where he's like, they always give you a line where you're like, God damn it. It just pulls you out. It's why oh, I couldn't no, watch no, uh, no, no, the no. Freddie Mercury documentary because he's like, got his bad fake teeth and he's like, I'm going to be somebody someday. And you're like, I'm <laughs> fucking done. Like Biggie does that in the Notorious one. That's the one we use with Big J and I where he's like, I'm going to come back to New York and I'm going to be a better father than I've ever been. <laughs> and then he gets murdered and you're like, no one fucking talks like that. <laughs> so I'm afraid like if the Ted Kaczynski biography is like, looks like I need to blow some things up and like, god damn it he didn't fucking say that no no this one's good by the way i am such a fucking meathead till the day i die yeah. you will never i am the guy when a movie starts and it's got subtitles i go we're gonna read this yeah like i rocket I get man, that. apparently rocket man is a musical yeah and i was like uh hard pass yeah. are you telling me i'm gonna sit through everyone singing skip. the story skip i do not need the backstory in song <laughs> i got it i got it yeah. he's still alive lonely days <laughs> dude the break into a uh, oh. song in anything always immediately i think it's it it's the opposite of comedy because it's the taking yourself the most seriously is going being like well i guess they're gone another day we've always done that on the bonfire we're like immediately every comic sensibility you go shut up you know why are you singing i want there to be uh body cameras on police officers when they try to kiss people oh my that's God. i, I want there's nothing that gives me bigger douche chills than watching someone try to kiss someone and they and, and then just excuse me but like when someone <sighs> takes someone serious that's why i have never had sex with more people yeah because i can't take myself seriously so i have a hard time with the first kiss there's i'm not first kiss there's always a point of me during sex and i think every single time i've ever had sex where there's just a moment where i go what am i doing what are you doing you're just <laughs> yeah. in there like what is this <laughs> you know i've had moments where i'm having sex with a woman from behind and i'm like what are we what is this? What the <laughs> fuck are we doing? You know? And then you're like, no, nope, okay, I got to get into it. You're like, yeah, you know, you just have that moment. Where you're like, this is fucking ridiculous. I think that's just uh, comedy brain. I think that's like, it's the same with musicals. It's the same with like biops where I'm like, yeah. you didn't fucking say that. You know, you just have that contrarian, like, you fuck, oh, I'm going to be a rocket man. And they're like, he, he said that. He said that before he went on stage. Fuck you. You'll see me straight to the stall, uh, yeah, baby. Yeah. Daniel, you're a star. I mean, you fucking didn't write that as your brother was dying. That's why you're going to like, that's why you're going to, because I think Ted Kaczynski had a comics brain. Like, I think he had a brain where it saw through the bullshit. Yeah. Actually, I, you know, I, I can't, I shouldn't say Ted Kaczynski. The guy that arrested him. Yeah. The guy that ended up taking him down, he had a comics brain. Ted Kaczynski said to him, I'm paraphrasing this. If you saw this doc, this movie you're gonna go it's not exactly what he said yeah but he, they're they're doing quid pro quo okay where the guys 
de- debriefing him and and trying to, they're trying to get him to admit he was guilty because they don't really have a case on him. Sure. And so at one point, Ted goes, "You're you're wanting me to admit, but I need to ask you some questions." And the guy goes, "Okay." And Ted goes, "When did you realize I was right?" And the guy goes, the guy freezes and he goes. I was driving in the middle of Idaho in a snowstorm and I came to a crossroads where there was a red light. It was two in the morning and I sat at the red light for 10 minutes and it wasn't changing. And I thought, this is what's wrong with the world. Technology, yeah. like there's no one there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm still you are beholden be- yeah. to the rules. Listening and I went, to the rules. And I went, those kind of observations, yeah. like, Bill, like, dude, that's why I say I think Bill Burr would like Ted Kaczynski a lot. I mean, dude, Burr is the, uh, I mean, I think he's the pinnacle of, I, I would bring him in. I, I think in another life, he is the greatest murder detective of all time. Yeah. Because he can challenge everything in such a smart way. That's why he's one of the greatest comedians of all time. Because he can just come in and challenge it away. Dude, I remember going to watch him at Caroline's when he was still doing Caroline's. And like me and Giannis and Nate would go in the back. And you just watch a bit and you'd be like, oh my God. Oh my, like a premise where you're like, I don't necessarily, how is he going to pull this? Oh my God, he pulled it off and this is the greatest joke. But if he was a detective and he'd be like, what's good? What's that? What's that? Is that yeah. a fucking handkerchief? Why was that there? And you know, the woman's like, oh, I didn't. He would get a lot of yelling confessions. I fucking did it. I did it. I you know what? did it. Yeah. And he's like, I know you did. I fucking know you did. And he's like, I fucking did it. Is that what you want, detective? And he had Burr's yelling back. Yeah, why don't you Bill fucking Burr turn yourself in? would get a lot of yelling confessions. I might have to t- bring that <laughs> yeah. up to him. Yeah, dude. He would get a lot of, he would get people to yell back at him. Where they're like, because the bitch deserved it. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, fucking see, there it is. Yeah, there it is. He would have got Bundy. He would have got Ted Bundy. He would have. He, he would have had Ted Bundy do what Ted Bundy did in that courtroom in Orlando, he where he yeah. lost it. He would have got him in Colorado. He'd been like, "Why'd you fucking escape? Why'd you run?" He's like, "All right, don't you think I would? No, don't fucking charm me. I'm not a woman." And he's like, "Yeah, well, I fucking murdered those bitches." And you're like, you can't sneak in the back door yeah. and climb up the back stairs. It wasn't the back stairs. It was I, the front stairs. I went, I went in like a man. I'll kill him with my own hands. And he's like, "I fucking got you." <laughs> Just Burr breaking. Bill Burr. If you could send Burr into mysteries. I would 100% watch all of that. I would love to see other comics solving mysteries. I would be. First 48, but I'm Columbo. I'm Columbo. Yeah, you would just go, one last thing. You know what? I got one more question. I'll tell you exactly who I am. Have a sip of water, dude. What's going on? (laughs) Fucking long day, huh? The guy's like, yeah. And I'm like. Sometimes the world just makes you angry. <laughs> He's like, yeah, you know, I just get, yeah. that's how I would get over. And they'd be like, man, sometimes you just want to do something. I'm like, tell me, brother, what did you do? <laughs> like, I fucking killed her, man. I would have a lot more heartfelt, tiered confessions. Yeah. I'd have a lot of guys go, fuck. And I go, hey, it's okay. It's okay. I go, I do that a lot to people in the other cops. I go, we got him. We got him. Marty, we got that on mic? Okay, come on, fuck. Hey, bud, you're going to go away for a long time. It's better you admit it, though. Get that off your chest. Get this off. You're going to feel better. Sleep good tonight. Nate, and yeah, I think you would come in and you'd just be like, one last thing. <laughs> you said you were in Pensacola last week? And the guy's like, I, am I crazy? <laughs> but when you say Pensacola, did you mean Delray Beach? And the guy's like, yeah, Delray Beach. Because if you're in Delray Beach, then the sun there doesn't set until, yeah. Dude, Wolf would beat people. Like Batman beats Joker in Dark Knight. Oh, Michelle gosh. would go, and do 
dare you guys to slam his head? What's your fucking problem? And he's like, oh, fuck. This, someone get me out of get me out of this room with this lady. Michelle would definitely lock the door and go, I'm not trapped in here with you. You're trapped in here with me. Like, I'll fucking tell you everything. I, I love, I am such an idiot. Like, I am such a, a genuine idiot. Yeah. And like, I, I'm working on new bits right now, and I'm, I went, I pitched a movie one time, and this, a uh, woman was in there. It was a big, big movie production yeah. company. They did like the biggest fucking Goonies and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. This woman was in there and she goes, I love the machine story, but I really love the Tracy Morgan story. And I went, and at the time there was another comedian saying that it happened to him. For sure. And I said, and I was like caught off guard and I said, how did you know that was my story? And she goes, well, I saw that guy live. We were thinking about working with him and I saw that story and I thought that doesn't happen to a guy like this. Yeah. And I went, really? And she goes, yeah. And so I asked around, and they said it was actually your story that he had. He was telling it that it happened to him. And I went, oh. So then I started researching you, and I saw your machine story, and I went, of course it happens to you. That's who you are. And I went, what do you mean? And she was like, you always get in over your head. Like, everything you do, you're kind of like an idiot. Like, you get in over your head, and then all of a sudden you got to get your way out, and it's pretty innocent. Yeah. You're not a bad person. You're not like a – and, I was, and I, she broke me down in a way that I was like – I literally was like floored going – Wait, all these bits I've been writing, I am this guy that gets yeah. like I am everything I'm doing. Then I'm like, what the fuck? Then she kind of fucked my head up because I'm now I'm doing bits like, so I walked into an ice cream parlor yeah. the other like I couldn't. You guys ever rob a bank with a crew you've never vetted? And you're like, Bert, <laughs> you got in over your head again. You go, Here you guys, we go again. You guys ever join a a strict religious cult in the hills of Calabasas? <laughs> and you have to go up there and you're like. Bert, you did it again. Do you ever buy a piece yeah. of property based on the name and then you're like, Ruby Ridge? <laughs> Mine's always like, my jokes are always like, um, I get treated more like an adult than I should be. You know, like yeah. as a kid, they're like, hey, you're a tiny little adult. Mine's like, mine's all old soul material. We're like, I'm seven, but I smoke a pipe. <laughs> and they're like, who is this fucking kid? Wait, were you an old soul growing up? Yeah, I mean, I'm the son of a bartender. And I think that like Is that your mom or dad? My dad was like a bartender. Your dad, I, your dad, da yeah, he died when I was fourteen. But when I was from like, drinking, yeah, oh yeah. How does that happen? Cirrhosis. Uh, what happens is, is like, did you, put, you like, fuck a chick named Jeanette, and she gives you Hep C, and then you don't go to the doctor, and it turns into cirrhosis. My dad went out the funnest way possible, wait, raw wait, dogging wait. and banging back, fucking so rubbing coats. He got Hep C. Yeah, my dad got hepatitis C, and didn't go to a doctor because he was just like a bar bartender. Do you know if you get Hep C? Like, do, I mean, would they? Would they? How would you know? I think you get sick with other things. I think it leads to other things. Yeah. Or if you go to a doctor regularly, you get your fucking blood checked. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, they would know. They would know if I had Hep C. I'm, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. yeah. No, one hundred percent. So funny. Comics are all hypochondriacs too. We were doing uh, Kill Tony, and me and Santino were up there. Really funny comic with ALS. Got up, you know, and he fucking killed. And we're like, God damn, Santino and I are talking after like so funny, and we're both like. And anyone can get that, huh? <laughs> it's just like both of us being hypochondriacs. And you're like, oh, he had, wait, uh, what's oh, yeah, ALS? ALS is, is the Lou Gehrig's. Yeah, where it's the degenerative muscle disease. Why don't they call it LGS? I don't know. They should call it LGS. A I mean, is ALS branding right? issue? Yeah, ALS, right? Yeah, but it was, a, yeah, you're right. Go LGS. It, Lou Gehrig's disease is, uh, is hor horrifying. Horrifying. But immediately, all comic brain, because you do that thing where you go, am I, but by the way, also, hypochondria is one of the most narcissistic things in the world because they're like hey this rare cancer and you go i'll probably get that 
Yeah. You're like, did you just turn around and anyway, you go? My I'm my gonna fucking, hypochondriac I'm gonna fucking is get that. directly tied to me buying lottery tickets. So funny. Because I win I, and that's it. I, I will definitely win this. I was like that with relationships. <laughs> Lightning strikes. My girlfriend, my girlfriend has to be like, hey, we both are kind of spooked because we're we're in a good relationship and we're both kind of like, this is good and that's weird. It's just yeah. like, this is good and that's weird. And you're like, cool. Because we've just dated shitty people before. So you're just kind of like, awesome. This is good and we're okay. But my dad was just a bartender at a bowling alley. So he never went. He was just partying. He just fucking, all right. He'd wake up, take a nap. He'd work from 4 p.m. to 2 a.m. Get hammered. Yeah. You know what I mean? Got hep C and then started getting sick and went to a doctor. And they're like, yeah, you have cirrhosis. Like you've drank. So, point. so that's so crazy. So did he get hep C and then still drinking? I we, I talked to Doctor Drew about this. Doctor Drew is a friend who has hep C. Yeah, but he got it from heroin. So yeah, I mean, now this is kind of fucked up. This this is a long fucked up story. But my aunt Karen, who's my dad's sister, who's like my second mom, total no bullshit woman, awesome, incredible woman, is a registered nurse. She works in the front office of hospitals. She would like run a uh, former drug addict, like put herself through school. She's a fucking great story. She's a nurse. My dad gets sick and she's like, all right, well, you know what? I'm going to come back to California. I'm going to take care of Gary because he's sick and he's, she's taking care of him. And my dad's throwing up blood. You know, he's got hep C and he's throwing up blood. Jesus Christ. Uh, he's throwing up blood and some of it splashes into my aunt's eye and she doesn't realize it, but she contracts hepatitis C from taking care of my dad because there was either like something so she gets hepatitis c he died in 97 she died in 2007 because she fought it a little bit more my grandmother lost both of her kids to hepatitis c and i visit her every year for thanksgiving and we play cards this is such a dark thing to laugh at yeah she's 92 so we're like playing cards in the tv i keep college football on because i always visit her thanksgiving weekend i like to listen to alabama auburn yeah you know like look oh fuck like the game's going on it was last year we're playing cards at thanksgiving and the, the tv's blaring and she's 92 she can hear some of it but it's like i treated my hepatitis c in six days and it's like i beat hepatitis c and i'm like hey tv shut the fuck up shut the fuck up <laughs> this woman lost both of her kids to hepatitis c shut the fuck up i like went in the room yeah. and muted it because it's like it's such a beatable disease now and you're like ah. is it beatable now you do people are like the, the the progression in treating hepatitis c you can live with it now. You can like because Tommy Lee's got Hep C. Yeah, but he's get, he's wealthy. He's cured. He's cured. You can fucking <clears throat> get cured of it. Pam Anderson's got Hep C. She's probably cured. I probably, Kid I, Rock's got Hep C. Prob if you get a Grammy, you can walk through Hep C. Halston, will you do <laughs> me the biggest favor? Will you go into my kitchen and make sure all my burners are off? <laughs> Dude, Dude, the, now my OCD is us, like us talking about tweaking. this. You know what it is? It's like we're two dogs barking at each yeah. other. Like, uh, I'm going to burn this house fucking you're like, Someone's coming to the front door. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. That it was. So my aunt got sick and, you know, but my dad, I don't think he realized it until it, it got. When we found out my dad was sick was like September. He died in December. So it was like, boom, boom. Like, we, I saw him at Thanksgiving. Two weeks later, dead. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And it was like one of those things where we're like, oh, fuck, man. You should have gone to the doctor. But he, when you have a blood disease like that and you don't know and you're just boozing, you're fucking nuts. Yeah. I just got, well, I mean, I got blood work back, but I've, it was, I was overweight. I was like 256, 258. Okay. And right now I'm like 
220, 220, probably 225, 229. Yeah. And so I've lost a bunch of weight. So I'm dying to get my, I'm dying to go back and get blood work. It's it's different getting blood work when you've lost weight. When you when you come in and you feel good. And you're like, hey, how's that pop, pop positive? I got that fucking, I got my, I had high blood pressure and I went, went in and was like. When? uh like a year ago and yeah. i went in they're like it could be white coat hypertension you're like kind of on the border it wasn't like crazy yeah yeah it was like over and i was like all right and i cut back on ranch and i like cut back on shit and i went in and i was like test it now and they're like you cleared you're like you're a regular but like, yeah but then i know <laughs> if i went back now with the special and going through oh. that post thing i'd be yeah. like because also i'm just like eating I'm, I'm not going to the gym i'm like you do that special and you let go of something you're like I've worked on this and I don't want to really do it again. Uh, yeah. I, I, wish I do. Was... I want to do some of the jokes sometimes in city spots, but I don't want to, I don't want to do that hour again. Oh, I'm, I'm, I am at a point where I go, let, let it all go. Like I, I, I hemorrhage it. And so I'm going to the store tonight for the first time. I'll be on stage for since the first time I, since I shot a special and it's all new, but it's fun. It's and fun. also, you know what? I there's not rules to this shit. Mm-mm. I like going back to like my Comedy Central presents and being like, I'll do this joke. Let's see if I remember this thing. City spots are different. Yeah, city spots are different. When uh, you're on the road, you actually have to have an act. Well, I'm starting. I start touring aggressively again, uh, January 30th, and so I got to write a new hour in a couple months. But I would say, don't look at it as you know. I mean, you're doing a theater, so yeah, you have to come with at least fifty. Oh, theaters. Yeah, you well, I I you got to bring you got to bring. I bring an hour, but like, but Nate I, was telling I, me he's like, you gotta start doing seventy, buddy. If you want to do theaters, gotta do seventy. It's like one of those Nate rules. Nate's an interesting fucking guy. I mean, he genius, really is a genius level comedian. interesting guy. He's a lot more business savvy than I would have ever thought. But here's the thing about Nate is I came up opening for him, so I would watch him. You know, like I kind of watch him headline and like how he deal with it. And he would like know stuff. And I'd be like, okay, it was just kind of like Bobby Kelly was the same person I, where I would open for him. And I kind of watch, you know, I'd be like, set up the merch table, dude, you got to fucking do this. Talk to the owners. Be cool. You know, you kind of learn like that. And you I never would- did any of that. And I wish I had, I wish I'd, I wish I'd pulled certain people aside. Um, and I, well, I had one kid I, that opened for me and I was like, Hey, just stop getting so fucking drunk. Yeah, dude. That's a thing that's that, a, like, that uh, I, it ruins your career. was just going, going in and getting fucking wasted. By the way, I partied hard as fuck every club I ever went to. Yeah. I always had my shit about me. I never was, I never was, yeah, I don't, I don't, you don't strike me as a guy where I feel like there'd be very few stories of like, yeah, Bert got a little out of hand. You're like, never, I never, you know I when mean, to pull the, the, the fucking rip cord, you know, when to be like, yeah. I'm out. I've seen you do it yeah i've seen you do it you're like you know what that was fun as fuck i'm gone yeah i remember one day we did like you guys came in and drank on the bonfire that went and did fucking roast battle and they were like jay was like one of the most impressive things was watching bert be like and just pull the shoot i just get yeah just leave and nate and all them were like we go till it's fucking crashes and you're like and that's a tough place that's why i had to quit drinking because i never had the shoot i was like i I just go till i wake up i can't even i i'll tell you what i can't do which really sucks uh by the way, I a little bit of a hypocrite because I've always said I don't drink on stage. I do bring a drink on stage with me, yeah. and it wasn't until this sober October that I realized how often I went to that drink and had a drink yeah. on stage. Like through that hour, I would catch a, I would catch a one, a double. It would be a double Tito's and soda, but I would catch a one drink buzz through a show. Great, <clears throat> it's a, it's awesome. I, there's nothing wrong with that. God, I, I miss I having wish- a frosty beer on stage and just being able to pull a fucking bud heavy that was my oh. favorite thing just fuck it after a joke and you just be like beer put it down you're like 
nice fucking beer. It's a great feeling. Oh, so but I, mean, I, but I had I had to I had to I didn't do that in for the all of October, and so then I was like, all right, I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna be done with that for the rest of the special, rest of this touring. I wish I could, and you drinking strike me as someone who could do this. Like, go, hey, I got a spot at nine. Do you guys want to go meet up at eight, have a beer, and then we'll head over and do spots? Totally. I couldn't do that. I, I totally still can't do that. I totally be like, let's fucking go. But then, if I had more than two spots, I'm not getting any work done. That third spot, you're like, oh, you're just drunkenly <laughs> talking on stage right now. And you're like, yeah, yeah good. What's that? But they something I did when I was in in Scotland this summer doing the Fringe Festival. I was like. I'm gonna get rid. I was no I noticed I was like touching the stool and like leaning on it and like grabbing my drink and like futzing with it. Yeah. And I finally like a week into the festival, I was like, "Hey, pull the uh, pull the stool in the water. Let me put it. Let me put a water. You know, it was like uh, it was like a smaller stage with like wooden boards behind it. Let me put the water up on a a thing here, so if I need to, I can come around and grab it and take a drink. Yeah. And then I ran the hour for three weeks no water no stool hitting moments where you get peanut butter mouth where you're fucking you're like can i get through can i get through yeah and one of the young british with you know like these young british techs or whatever and i i, I started to fucking feel myself i was like look at that dude i did a fucking hour no water for a fucking week and then one of these young techs goes you know sir paul mccartney does three hours no water and you're like all right well he's a fucking <laughs> beetle dude i'm trying to do jokes for an hour yeah but it was a thing where when it came to the special, they're like, where do you want the stool in the water? And I was like, don't do it. And they were like, what? And I did the special without water or a stool up there. It's great. But I had it next to the stage. That's great. That dude, that's there's something to be said for pulling all your uh all all your all your all your little comfy blankets yeah. off the stage and going, I don't need anything. For me, it was a it was a mic stand. Okay. I would grab onto a mic stand and hold onto a mic stand. I mean, it's so easy to grab. There's I mean, there was act outs that I had that involve a mic stand where I was like, I need the mic stand, but I understand what you say because sometimes you're just like, it's like holding onto the side of a pool and you're just like kicking your legs and you're like, You guys having fun? God, that's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just waddling, you're like, okay, I'm and you push off. You don't realize it. You don't realize <laughs> you it know? until you pulled away. And I, that was my double Tito's and soda. Yeah. I would I to this day I'd I'd put it on the stage and I'd be like <clears throat> and I'd be like, I just, I would find my, I found myself like October 1st, starting a joke and then getting a laugh and then going to get a drink and going, what am yeah. I turning around to? There's yeah. nothing there. Man, I used to really, the thing that I missed about drinking was I knew I was in the zone or having fun and I knew I was being loose. If I could order a shot in the middle of a set, where I'd be like, hey, let me get a, let me get a Jameson. Just bring me a Jameson. Yeah. And then I'd be like, fucking dating, right? You know, and you're just back and you're like, oh, thank you guys. Seattle, I fucking love coming here. Uh, and then you're that's like, what i miss about the road yeah, you can't do that in theaters in theaters I, it is it is i like theaters for that reason you just go up and oh, go you like, here's destroy the here's the show because i got that in the uk in the uk no opener you introduce yourself and you and like i was so fucking nervous everyone got in my fucking head about fringe oh shit hold on one second uh god damn it text andrew and tell him we have to cancel the later podcast I didn't realize I have to be in the office today. Tell him yeah. we have to cancel. Fucking fuck. Fuck. It's all right. Fuck. It's all right. You fucking got work. Yeah. Tell him I have I have to be in the office at three. That's why I didn't realize why the fuck he was like. He was texting me like, so wait, four? What? What? Can yeah. you do four? And I was like, oh yeah. God damn it. All right. Keep it's going. All right. Yeah. I'm 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 sitting here talking to you, going like, oh, this is I like. It's the beauty of a podcast is is 
I don't get to sit with you by myself ever. Yeah, I mean, when I see you in New York, it's you, oh, listen, we always have a fucking blast. You come on the bonfire. Oh, one of my... It's so fucking fun every time you come on. I mean, one there's the, been one like of the, times... One of the most under... under I'll say underrated in the sense that it doesn't have, say, maybe like the the caveat is like the Stern Show Shit. or 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 I guess maybe even Jim and Sam is because they've sure. been around for so long. But fucking god damn it is the funnest fucking Thanks, show man. and it's the funniest show to listen to yeah we if fucking... i can get in the car and time it out right where i hear you guys yeah it is so fucking fun it's something that um i really kind of learned more recently than i i, I would like to admit how to have fun with because i was i think uh i revere jay so much and i look up to jay so much and i think he's such a funny person that i wasn't a, uh, soaking in the friendship and actually what this is and it's like this moment because you do have this worry of like how long are we gonna do the show what is this show what are we doing and it's like oh man fuck all that we're just having a blast let's yeah. just have fun and jay is the most fun person to be like what are you doing come on let's just fucking watch this video and he's kind of gotten me to be he's loosened me up being around jay i've loosened up because he's like dude fucking what you know that he just got that gleam in his eye, and he's like, "Okay, whatever. We're gonna watch this video. We yeah. watch this video of this woman dying." And I'm like, "Jay, I don't want to watch a video of a woman dying." And then five minutes in, we're just making jokes about it. And I'm like, "Oh fuck, okay, Jay." He is really true. He is like, there's playful spirits it's, where where you get meet someone and they just. It's all about like, Jay's got constant. Can Dan come outside? Energy. Yeah. Can Dan come outside? And you're like, is Jay outside? You know, and you're in your room, and you're like, "I'm oh, fuck. I'm oh, I'm coming." Like, mom, yeah. I, you're like, that's the friend you want growing up. You want a friend that just pulls up on his bike and he's like, hey, can you come outside? And you're like, fuck, where are we going to go? The creek? We're just going to go fucking laugh at shit? Let's go throw eggs at random people. That's exactly Jay's energy. I, I, I was lucky enough to meet him very early in his career. Yeah. And <clears throat> he has not changed one fucking bit. The things that he finds silly or giddy, yeah. like he's never been a guy to try to climb the ladder. He just now wants he gets to be in the moment and, and be giggling. I, you can honestly say what Jay has is all from his natural and hard worked on talent. Like mm -hmm. he, he busts his ass. That guy does, you know, three, he has two podcasts, the radio show, he's touring nonstop. He's funny as fuck. Crowd work is amazing. And it's the kind of the thing we were talking about, you know, where we, we were talking about it off air, where this business is, you can make you feel crazy. Like Jay should be sold out. There, you should. It should be hard to buy a ticket to a big Jay O'Christian show. Yeah, yeah, 100%. always. And then you see other people where you're like that. Per that person, it's hard to get a ticket to. But Jay, I can get a ticket to. I used. I you kind of go fucking crazy. I used him as an example. I, we were talking about parenting. I, I was parenting yeah. my daughter by using examples of comedians. Sure. Um, certain comedians that say they're they're regular guys, but then they are really jealous and bitter, and that Dude, and that shows up. That shows up when things are good for you, then all of a sudden that person's being shitty to you. And you're like, I that's so funny. They were cool to me then. And then you realize, oh, they were cool to me because they thought they were above me. Yeah. The second I pass them, they're now all of a sudden they're no longer cool with me. Or, or they're gonna tell me that I've changed. One hundred percent. Well, I think that's um this business is also the the dark side of comedy is that a lot of us are broken and we're leaking and we don't know we're leaking our shit onto other people. And then we blame the other person for smelling like shit. Yeah. Where it's like, no, you're leaking on me, dude. I'm a self-contained thing. And I think yeah. like 
working on what I've worked on, especially, and thank God I've through therapy and meditation or whatever gone with this special, just been like, this is self-contained. These are your jokes about your life. Oh you fucking, you have the control over it. Cause I've been worried about like, you know, I make fun of my dad dying of drinking in this special. I don't give a fuck. That's the whole point of the joke. That helps me deal with the fact that my dad's dead of alcoholism. Yeah. But I think there's an uncle that I don't talk to. There's some people that I don't talk to that might try to stick up for my dead dad who weren't around when he died. And you think about that and you're like, that can affect me more than being self-contained. If I know I'm self-contained, I'm like, these jokes are funny. They make me laugh. This is my point. And having someone else be like, you shouldn't, that's a little inappropriate. Well, then if I listen to that shit, that's going to break me. And that's going to, and that happens with other comedians when they're like kind of spilling their shit on you. Oh, And they're like, so you, so you're selling out in that city. Good for you. Good for you. And you're like, we don't have the same fan base, dude. Like, yeah. what the fuck? Well, they, I think the uh, the example I was saying to Georgia is Georgia uh, got her braces off. Georgia had really bad teeth all growing up, like very, like very, very bad. It's really yeah. one one of the first reasons Leanne hates Ari. One of the very first reasons Leanne hates Ari is because he was said something really nasty about Georgia online about her. Yeah, Ari's a look. Ari's a different. I can't. I can't. I can't. <laughs> even begin to stand up for him or fight his fights or i i you just gotta let him be him he's, and then yeah. love him on the side and go listen sometimes he's gonna drug you and maybe not care if you die but you just gotta fucking learn to love him he's an outdoor cat he's an outdoor cat and sometimes outdoor cats are like fucking thing bit me and you're like it was fucking out he's outside yeah you know what i mean yeah, and there's like yeah and there he is but, an outdoor cat but then, then he brings you a present and you're like ah i know you think i want a mouse because you think this <laughs> he's is an fun. outdoor cat yeah but always are and by the way you don't have to worry about him that's one of the greatest yeah. things about Ari. he comes back from china after four months you're like how was it and he's like Meow. he's just outside yeah. Yeah. he's just outside on the fence you're like hey mom ari's back and he's like he's- he is an interesting, interesting guy yeah. that that I've known for way too long to then bail on him. Yeah. That's that's my thing, for right? Sure. It's really hard to justify to my wife who the first time is George. The point is now she she had braces. She got off. braces. She got her teeth uh, re- had to get bonded, and then she got them off. Good for her. And she is running into girls who yeah. treated her nicely when she wasn't a threat. They that are now seeing her as a threat and being shitty to her and trying to put her down. And yeah. Georgia doesn't know how to deal with that. By the way, I, I think it's one of the blessings is to be a fat kid or a, a lonely kid or a or an odd kid and then come into life and have Dude, a little- I can't agree with you more on this because what I've worked on in therapy or whatever is dealing with the fact of how lonely of a kid I was. I was an only child. My mom worked full-time. My dad bailed. I'm by myself. You don't have that. If you have a sibling, you kind of have someone to be like, hey, this is fucking crazy, right? (laughs) And they're like, they're like, yeah, yeah, no, this is fucking nuts. But when you're just alone in it and you're watching crazy shit and then you get out in public and you're like, I'm fine. And they're like, it's like coming out of a cult. Yeah. People are like, my sister was the first. I have a half sister. She was 12 years older. She's my dad's daughter from his first marriage. Yeah. She didn't come into my life until I was 10 years old. And by the time she came into my life, I was like 10 or 11. Shit started, shit wasn't going great. And my sister was the first person that's like, yo, this is fucked up. That's, hold on. And that's I was so like, so brilliant. That, that statement's so brilliant. It's like, uh, like I said, uh, to the idea that you grew up 
just basically by yourself I mean, and so what you found normal what you like to, the, the idea that maybe your mom ate soup with holding the spoon For like sure. a like a golf club yeah and didn't hold it this way you just thought oh that's how you eat soup and so then you get into the world and you go what the fuck's everyone eating soup yeah or you're eating that's soup like so that and they're crazy, like damn, they're eating soup. my therapist calls it confirming your reality he's like when you when you're when you're alone like that also you know i know my mom's not proud of it but my mom had a problem with alcohol she's gotten better she's great she's not like my dad she didn't clock out a fucking 48 yeah. but she there was a time where she was stressed out she's a single mom she's bankrupt you know her ex-husband puts her in bankruptcy she's raising raising this fucking kid by herself she fucking has some cocktails she could, i don't blame her for anything no. but you gotta learn how to why am i skittish why am i why am i why did it take so long for me to have trust issues it's because when you're by yourself and you're raised by an alcoholic parent and they come in the room fucking half cocked and you don't know why they're fucking having a bad day you don't know that their fucking boss at etna was mean to him and she's coming home and she's like why don't you fucking do your chores and you're like lady i don't know like i vecchi thought it was so funny when i told him the story of i remember being like eight years old playing with my action figures in the living room like on a weekday right my mom's picked me up from work she's in her murphy brown attire she's making dinner what was your mom doing for a living? She worked uh, insurance. She worked okay. insurance my, basically my whole life as a claims adjuster, then as a corporate trainer, and then as a medical malpractice mediator. She was just in the insurance game, and it was it was really good at it. And um, but she was like a professional, you know what I mean? And then would come home and pick my pick me up from daycare and bring me home, and then fucking make dinner, have a couple drinks while she's making dinner. And I'm sitting in the living room playing with fucking my GI Joes or my X Men. And then my mom just comes in. She's like, thanks for offering to set the table. You know, and I'm just like, what's up? You're just like holding these toys and you're like, what? And, you know what I mean? Like out of nowhere, just uh, kind of like, hey, you could help out a little. And I'm just like eight. And I'm like, Wolverine's fighting Magneto. <laughs> you just want, you want to be like, I, I'm just banging plastic together. Uh, but it kind of fucks <clears throat> you up because then you're like. Is, I mean, kids from abused families have it way, way worse. Way, way worse. Yeah. Because then you're just getting hit for reasons you don't know. But again, when you have a sibling there, you're kind of like, hey, what's this? And they're like, this is bad. Bad's coming. And you're like, okay, okay. But when you're just you're just by yourself and then you're like, oh, shit. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> it's, and then when you become an adult, you become a lot like, I don't like social media, man. Because here's the thing. I'm very personal on podcasts. I'm very personal on the radio show. And uh, I hope that helps people get through stuff. But you don't know me. You know a lot about me. You don't. And I can't. I can't deal with that, dude. I'm not good at that. I'm not good at people being like, oh, I know you. Like your mom's name's Trish. And you're like, that's so fuck. You don't know me is the. The most defensive white trash way no, of saying no, get away. It's so true, though. That is like, you don't know me, dude. We don't know each other. I like I. Dude, I love it, doing comedy and I appreciate anyone that is willing to sit through my bullshit through an hour and laugh along. Yeah. Thank you. That being said, <laughs> I don't know you. I yeah. don't know each other. And that's fine. I've met fans where it's naturally been like gotten to know them. I come throughout Albany. I come through Buffalo. I come through Philly. Hey, what's I see him after the show? Let's get a picture. How you been? Yeah. Take a picture. Then that's that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I think in the age that we live in, Social media, very ostracizing, le leads people to be alone more so than ever. And you're alone and you're watching other people be involved with other people. And then you see them and you're like, I'm involved with you. And then they're like, excuse me? 
and the, we're we're telling those people that's okay and it's not it's so funny i i would flip that around also yeah and say i don't know them but i give them so much credit when they say something nasty to me i give them so much credit and i ultimately put them on a pedestal yeah. immediately and go wow like the it's so funny i i've gotten to like two dust-ups in my life uh on social media where sure. i thought i was being funny and then and then uh someone came at me and came at me pretty hard and i immediately put them on a pedestal and then sure. their fans came at me and and i was like god damn it why would i like why am i such a fuck up like what am i what does my opinion matter about this fucking bullshit thing two times one was recently and i and i had the exact same thing happen i then go to the person's page the next day and they are in a, a mental institution it's, i mean and 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 they're like i've been having problems with depression and anxiety and yesterday got overwhelming by the way this is the day that they are arguably fought with me yeah it got too overwhelming and, and i had to check myself in i'm thinking about killing myself and then i started going um, by the way if you've thought about killing yourself i understand but you gotta realize you're not a rational person if you're thinking about killing yourself it's not rational at all at all at all at and all. now i realize i was arguing with a person at the end of their fucking rope yeah and i was and i was taking it as as a serious conversation i uh i've ran into situations where you uh someone assumes that you are on the same level as them and you're like i don't know what you're talking about and then Ooh. they get angry i've had it happen a couple times where you're kind are, of like are you talking about oh, in whoa. our business i'm talking about out people fans talking to you like they like you have a communication that's not necessarily true yeah uh there was one guy it's happened a couple times and it's always very uncomfortable because you're kind of like yo dude no i the last person i want to blame is you i want to give you all the fucking doubt in the world yeah. i want to give you every single thing you maybe you had a fucking terrible childhood maybe you're completely alone and i understand what that feels like i don't fucking know you let's not do this because you if you saw me in person you would not have this energy you would have a weird shaky energy we wouldn't do this. Yeah. There was a dude in South Carolina, specifically, this is the example that, I, you know, I'm comfortable sharing. And this dude was like, send me all these DMs. Like, hey, man, I love the show. This is a bonfire. I'm like, cool, man. Thanks. Then the dude just starts fucking blasting stuff. Like, bop, 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 bop. here's a link to this. Here's a link to that. Here's a link to this. And you're kind of like, cool, 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 cool. Finally, I send a funny joke one like I would to someone I know. Like, yo, my man, fucking chill, dude. You're blowing me up with, you're blowing me up with this. Uh, but I appreciate it, man. And, and then fucking back like, fuck you i knew you were a fucking dickhead and you're like oh shit and then you realize it's not you at all it's this person took something back yeah. and and manipulated it and changed it and they affected kind of like you're arguing with this person online and you're like this person's smart they understand their point i'm wrong i maybe should have done this and then the next day they're like straight up uh broke i snapped yesterday and i gotta go take care of myself and you're like i was right Dude, I'm I've uh I have I have uh made a motto starting on the morning of my special. Yeah. That which does not get rid of that which does not serve you. So when and it comes for me, it comes with this business. I've been so I've been so accessible mm -hmm. in this business where it's like I you know, I'm not to put I won't put my friends' names on blast, but I've watched two of my really close friends disassociate with a lot of people.
just say, I, you know what? You don't know me. I watched one guy do it. I watched one guy do it to another guy. Uh, I want to tell you names because I think you'd you'd find it very comical. We will after the but podcast. I watched one guy do. We'll do it. We'll do a debriefing. You as will. They you say. would. You would find it fucking hilarious. But you, I've done that. I, you have to do that. Uh, the guy was like, "Yo, we're friends," and my buddy was like, "We're not friends." Like, and by the way, Patrice told that to me a long time ago. He said, "I remember saying I'm so glad we're friends." And he's like, "Hey, we're not friends. We're just guys that work together." Mid roll reads. Mid-roll reads. What are they? These are mid-roll reads. It is already December, and as much as we love getting seasonal, this month can also be a bit stressful, too. We've all got a long list of things we have to do for the holiday, and life insurance is one of those things way down on your list. Policy Genius might be able to help you cross it off. They'll find the right life insurance at the best price and do all the work to help get you covered. Policy Genius makes finding the right life insurance a breeze. In minutes, you can compare quotes from the top insurers to find the best price. You can save $1,500 or more a year by using Policy Genius to compare life insurance policies. Once you apply, the Policy Genius team will handle all the paperwork and the red tape. And Policy Genius doesn't just do life insurance. They can also help with the right home and auto and or disability insurance. So if you need life insurance, but aren't sure where to start, why not start at policygenius.com? It only takes a few minutes to find the right life insurance policy, apply, and cross this thing off your to-do list this December. Policy Genius. When it comes to life insurance, it's nice to get it right. This podcast is brought to you by Tushy. Tushy is an amazing, unconventional gift for anyone in your life. Everyone has an ass and everyone deserves tushy. Wiping your butt with dry toilet paper does not remove all the shit. Think about it. If you got poop on any other part of your body, would you just wipe it off with dry paper? No, you would bring water into the equation without a doubt. Water cleans better than dry toilet paper, my friends. Thankfully, there's now a sleek bidet attachment that clips onto your existing toilet and sprays your butt completely clean with fresh water. Tushy sprays directly onto your ass and removes the poop completely so you aren't sitting on bacteria that leads to nasty nasty things like hemorrhoids yeast infections utis itchy assholes and skid marks on your underwear bidets are common everywhere in the rest of the world a bidet saves you money on toilet paper you i still use i i do this too i still use a little toilet paper but it's one wipe and it's not like rubbing it dry you know when you shit a lot and you just can't get it off and you're like one two three four five six once you have a bidet it just takes that all down and then you get a clean wipe it's almost like hosing the side of a mountain and then watching the the you get the point it won't clog your toilet either tushy sprays your ass with fresh water not toilet water fresh water connects to the water supply behind your toilet to spray your dirty parts with clean fresh water it's the same water you brush your teeth with. Wet wipes are worse than toilet papers. If you put them in, they clog up your entire system. They're terrible for the environment, and they cause anal fissures. Who wants anal fissures? It's only $79. $79. It helps you get everything out right now. Go to hellotushy.com slash Bert to get 10% off your order. That is hellotushy.com slash Bert for 10% off your order. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and so i watched yeah because then it becomes weird and then and, and i was sitting in between it and i was like whoa like and then and that was the first and i i know that one of these people has has definitely two of my closest friends have said you need to change your phone number you you have access too many people have access to you yeah and they're people that aren't healthy for you mm -hmm. they're not they're not they're your your best interests are not what's important to them what's important to them is their best interest. is their best interest and it's how can they leverage you in their best interest that is i think just a standard way to go through life and that took me something i'm 36 that probably took me 35 and a half fucking i'm 47 years. i learned it fucking this past weekend yeah it's like you know how they do that new thing online where like i was today years old like that's how where it was like yeah my therapist was like you need to be comfortable rejecting people from your life and i'm have had some fucking real practice in it recently and oh, you're right. like you know what I honestly have found peace in the fact that I have no ill will towards those people. It's just cut, remove, move forward. As as the great Sal Volcano says, God bless. Yeah. God bless. Go get them. I'm going to be over here and I'm going to keep people that I genuinely like and serve me correctly in my life where I can call. You know, like growing up, you'd always feel like you had those friends that you were always there to listen to their problems and they were never there to listen to your oh, problems. Wow. And then you start to go like, there's this weird resentment that builds up and they bring up their problems. And then instead of you listening anymore, you're kind of like, you'll fuck your problems. I don't give a fuck. I've got all this shit because you're not shitting out your problems. You're wiping their ass, holding onto your shit. And now you're like getting toxic shock, shock syndrome because you have backed up shit. And it's like, I don't have anyone in my life right now that I can't call and lead with my problems and be comfortable with their problems right after. Uh, do you ever have a f people in your life that all they seem to do is call you with their problems and that it's always a brand new problem and that and that at a certain point- You have to have that like, conversation. It's like with Charlie Sheen, you want to go, hey man, maybe it's you. Dude, I feel that way. I feel that a lot of people now because of technology and social media are that they're and because it's been in it's been um ingratiated and it's also been profitable for you to be like what are your problems tell me your problems if i have problems the person i like to talk to about them publicly big j because if i have yeah. a problem if i have a real problem i can call him and i know within 10 minutes we'll find an angle on it where we're fucking dying laughing where you're just yeah. like you know, oh my God, dude, this is so fun. Thank you for this. Cause then you're like, cause then you know what happens? You hang up and you go, you have love in your heart for that person. You feel better about the situation. And that's what this is. H humanity is all, it's fucking all, all vibrations slowed down. It's like that old Bill Hicks joke where he's like, I want to see a positive drug story. You know, he's like, yeah. a, a local teen did acid today and realized that all living existence is all matter slowed to a vibration and, and we're all one and we're just experiencing each other subconsciously and now here's craig with the weather it's like that kind of thing yeah. where you're like you got to realize man we're all in this together i started reading alan watts and uh, i read the book on the taboo of knowing yourself and he just provided a lot of shit of like if there's good and there's bad there's good and there's bad and they're attached and it's like every there's 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 crests and valleys to everything and friendship includes that and there's times where you need to recalibrate a friendship and be like, hey, man, I feel like I'm just listening to your problems too much. I'm, I've never been good with boundaries. I've never been Me good either. with boundaries. And, I, and, I'm, and I am admittedly such a fuck up that I, I give people a lot more leeway than I think you would anyone would ever give anybody. I'm always like, you know what? They're a good person. 
And and even when they're not good people, I've always been like, I don't know. Dude, we have a very similar, that's a very similar trait that I have. It's a very similar trait that my therapist would always call wanting to be liked, where he'd be like, you will allow. Okay, that's it. I yeah, got that. I got that where, hardcore. Where it's like, I'll allow you to, or I used to allow people to stomp all over me. If I felt like you like me, oh, I fucking suck. I'm an idiot. And only recently have I been like, you fuck that. Yeah. No. And you know, what's been great is having a girlfriend that's there to be like, and having friends that are there to be like, nah, man, you're right. It's okay that you're mad about this. Tell that person you have boundaries. And then you tell the person you have boundaries. They're not always going to react the way you want them to. But it's like, there's people in my personal life. There's people I don't know that I have to tell like yo boundaries dude yeah and then they're like fuck you and you're like fuck me then no fuck you and that's what you got to learn how to come back with is being like actually fuck you because i'm telling you something pretty honest right now it's like yeah i'm having an honest conversation with burt kreischer my friend burt kreischer who's a comedian who also taped a special recently and we have all these fucking topics people that we know that we could talk about and have these things and it's like i and this is where i enjoy opening up yeah. But guess what? The rest of my life, I got I have my life. Let me go have my life to mine for you. I'll bring you back stuff from my life that we'll joke about. Yeah. But don't stop coming in the kitchen. Sit at the fucking table. I'll bring you the dish. <laughs> stop coming in the kitchen. You know what I mean? But it's like you want to whip them out. Like, get the fuck out of here. What are you? Yeah. And it's like the bonfire is kind of an open cooking show. Yeah. We kind of like come in the kitchen. We have our friends in the kitchen, but it's like, that's not my home kitchen. My stove's not there. You know what I mean? Yeah. My stove's in a different place. That's why I, that's why I love Jay. In the example I was telling Georgia just earlier so that yeah. no one thinks I was saying Jay was one of these bad people. He's Jay not is at not, all. is not. Jay's one of those people that if you succeed, he only sees that as a benefit to everyone. But I think he self-admittedly, and we had a, we had this conversation I think he's gotten good at that recently because Shane Gillis, when he got SNL, yeah. both Jay and I, we had a very honest conversation where Jay was like, I'm very proud of Shane. And I was like, so am I. I'm yeah. proud he got that job, that he was so funny he got that job. And Jay and I self-admitted, we both talked about it. He's like, six years ago, I don't know if I feel the same. And I'll be like, 2015, I don't think I feel the same. I'm coming off yeah. of screen testing and not getting it because that's, there's no fault in admitting your faults because then you're just kind of letting people know like hey this terrain's a little fucked up like i kind of have jealousy issues with this it's natural to have jealousy issues yeah but it's not natural to go i have no jealousy issues and then let your venom seep out of you because you're not holding on to it and it's fucking spilling on other people and you're like you're telling me good job but i don't feel like you mean good job the p interesting you say that the one person that i and i i i, I would never say but I just have been very open and honest with. I'm always open and honest with my feelings. Yeah. But when I first started working the store, I'd look at a guy like Chris D'Elia. Yeah. And I and I would realize that that my ship has already left the dock. And For sure. I, and I was looking at his loading up goods. Yeah. And I'm looking out, and then I'm looking, and I'm like, God damn it, does he have new propellers? Yeah. And I was like, Ooh, he's got sails and propellers. Yeah. Seems like everyone's excited. To full put, crew. Full crew. His agents are putting goods on. Full and crew. They're really excited. My ship stocked with salted meats. <laughs> my ship's out there, and they're like, We have rats. Yeah. Our, they're oh, eating. God. They're oh. eating all our oranges. We're, we're getting rickets. We have no citrus. We're all gonna get. We have no citrus. Yeah. We're out of citrus. We're all gonna get fucking. <laughs> yeah it's but but I, I watched that and i was like i didn't have any i i i've 
very seldomly had genuine jealousy issues. Sure. But I'm honest with perspective of like, of like, fuck, like, okay, I need to, I just need to tighten my ship up a little bit, you know? And so it's funny because I have not, like, I were at the Chicago theater the other night. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm like, yeah, sold two shows. How many did Delia say, Shell? And they're like, who's got actually got three? And I go, ooh, let's put that in, in a tweet, yeah. in, a, in an Instagram story. It'll be funny because, I have no problem because now you can joke about it. Yeah, and and watching him succeed, like Eminem coming to his show, I think it's so fucking cool. It's badass. Once like I don't, learn... I don't have any like. There's not one comic out there doing better than me or doing well where I begrudge them their success. Yeah, man. There's something so satisfa so satisfying about being in comedy comfortably by being like, I make what I make. I think what you make, great. Fucking, dude. Great. Different than what I make, but I, and I always liked, like I always liked, uh, like in Kitchen Confidential, when Bourdain would talk about other chefs, he'd be like, this guy does this. And I love doing that in interviews where they're like, so the special so-and-so, and I'm like, da, da, da. Wolf's got this special coming out. Unbelievable. And I, have, I, yeah, I have no hatred for a great special. But I can't understand people that do. It pushes us. It pushes us and it makes us feel better. But there's also, or or it does what comedy should do is just make you feel better. That's it. That's all. The only like That's Michelle it. Wolf didn't write. You didn't write one joke in your special to fuck with my career. Not at all. You just wrote jokes to make me laugh, just like the stranger that's mom's going through cancer. The genesis of every joke is, and I think every comic will agree. The genesis of every bit we've ever had is, is this funny? And then you're like, that's funny. And you go, one of those right now. You know what I mean? But then <laughs> those ones. I always think about it like this. Like, we're in a similar place where we're both like, what the fuck are we going to talk about on stage? But I bet I can call you in March. Yeah. And I'll be like, dude, my kaleidoscope joke is murdering. Yeah. Didn't even have that premise. And you're like, I got this fucking thing about, you know, and you, and it's, that's what I love about comedy is back to what I said about Nate and Michelle. I could talk to them and they're like, I've heard Nate be like, man, I can't do a bit to him being like, I got a new 65. I'm ready to rock. And you're like, and then, you know, like Michelle taped her special and she's like, I've got a new hour. And I'm like, I fucking don't. Have, and I was jokingly on the phone with her one time go, well, I don't have shit. So good yeah. for you. And she's like laughing. I'm not I'm not jealous of Michelle. Yeah. What it actually does is it makes me feel better being like, OK, in three months, I'll have new stuff because yeah. I'm going to go to work. Got to go to work. That's it. I just want to go to work. It, I just don't want to go to work right now. Like I, I want I wish I had You're taken, tired. I wish I had taken this full week off. I wish I had not worked at all this full week and just partied. You know what? But, but you got the holidays coming up and you get an opportunity. It's it's a, I think a lot of what it boils down to a lot of what we're talking about is picking your spots. Yeah. Like I was like, you know what? Special drops right before the holidays. I'll have all the holidays. I'm going to go back to Aurora. I'm going to go to San Francisco. I'm going to see people. I'm going to what I love about going home. And I don't know if this is the same for you. But I go back to being 2001 Aurora Dan Soder when I get around my friends Danny and Zach and Joel and Mike and Chad and, and I see all my friends that I grew up with who are all kind of back for the holidays. And then all of a sudden I'm noticing my sensibilities and you're like, oh, then you can track your sense of humor back and be like, oh, this is why I am who I am. These people affected me. And then you go back into comedy with like this reinvigorated, like, I kind of know who I am. 
it, let's build something new it is it is uh there is a replenishing that happens when you hang out with people that you grew up with because they know you no bullshit they know yeah. you everything's stripped away they knew me uh you know fucking doing this the dumbest shit possible in high school and they're like i fucking know you that's why they're not impressed by any of this and that's why they shouldn't be impressed yeah. i went on vacation with one of my best friends and we were in amsterdam with with lou the producer from the bonfire he was out there too and we met up and my lou was blown away my friend didn't listen to the bonfire he's like you don't listen to the bonfire you should listen to the bonfire and my buddy's like <laughs> my buddies don't i listen. got it i got it you my know what i mean don't listen to my podcast but that's what it is my buddy anything my buddy mike was like i know what i'm getting it's got to be so frustrating to have known me in high school and college when i was struggling to find out who the fuck i was to now hear me and them know them know dead for certain he still doesn't know who he is but he's pretending like he does dude one of the hardest <laughs> criticisms i've ever got in my life is just one of my childhood friends was like yeah man you're like you're getting as funny on stage as you are off stage and you're like <laughs> what and they're like yeah you know like i know why you're funny but like you haven't figured it out on stage and you're like because you just know they're right yeah. that was what big j said uh when i did my first hour he was like the one criticism i'd have of dan is wow he's gonna get he's got to get as funny on stage as he is off stage and guess what i didn't take that as like i took that as like thank you man like they handed you a road map and they're like you're going the right road you just got to keep going my buddy cowhead mike calta oh, ever- i fucking love mike calta I love my cult. That's a fucking guy that he has treated me the same from the moment I met him until now. And that dude's the shit. I love that guy. I put my first special out comfortably numb, comfortably dumb on Comedy Central. I wore yeah. a black shirt, a gray undershirt, uh, dark jeans and boots. And I called Cal. I've always called him Cowhead. But yeah, I yeah. called Cal and I said, hey, what did you think? And he went, it was, it was good. It, I mean, it was different. And I was like, what do you mean? By the way, he's one of my closest friends. Sure. And he said, well, I, I'm, it's, it, it's not, wasn't you. And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, I don't know, like what makes you funny on radio. And when we see you live in Tampa, it, it's not, I don't, I've never seen you wear a shirt. Yeah. And he was like, you don't wear, you rip your shirt off the second you get on stage. Why'd you wear a shirt? And I was like, why? Well, I got to wear central. a shirt. It's coming central. And he's like, I mean, a black collared shirt. Like I, I get it, dude, dude. I'm telling you right then. I said, it made you next, feel like a fraud. I made you feel like a fraud and it hurt. It, but it hurt in a good way where I went, that will never happen again. The next special I do, he's going to see it and go, that's what I was talking about. And I did come, I did Secret Time, and he was like, and by the way, two people have complimented me on Secret Time, three people that have complimented me on Secret Time, that I I had to stop and go, hold on, are you being serious? Yeah. Like, uh, one was Rogan. Yeah. One was Chris Porter. Who's like one of the best comedians. One of the best comedians. One of the best comedians working, without a doubt, has been for i would say on the road across the board has been one of the biggest murders on the road for 15 years easily, easily without a doubt the fact that the fact there's certain people in this industry that you're mad at the industry for not understanding and chris porter is the top of that list really yeah. like he's a fucking he's killer so talented he's so so talented he's got jokes that i you know what i mean like um and also one of the coolest guys I, on my netflix half hour i had a joke that was kind of similar to his and this guy's like cool dan soder took chris porter's taco bell joke Chris Porter immediately jumps online and goes, nah, dude, it's a different joke, but I see why you think it's similar. He's like, Dan's cool. And then I wrote back like, hey, man, I'm a big fan. If I would have known that was even close to your joke, I wouldn't have done it. 
Yeah. And then someone had my favorite tweet where they go, guys, what are you doing? This is Twitter. You're handling things rationally and professionally. Because <laughs> it was kind of like, <laughs> I respect you. I respect you. And they're like, fair enough. But yeah, yeah Chris Porter. Chris Porter Clark- said to me, he goes, pull me aside. I, I mean, it was such a, a such a compliment that I sat with for so long. Because when Joe, Joe said, uh, we were doing a podcast and he goes, um, watch your special the other night. Man, it's a great special. And I, yeah. I, I, I was like, really yeah, yeah he was like yeah you were fucking it's hilarious and i was like yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I actually looked at tom and i go wait you think that yeah. and he was like of course i think it and i was like huh yeah. and then chris porter did it to me in the hallway i thought he was fucking with me he was like dude i gotta tell you i watched secret time it's one of my favorite specials and i was like really and well, he was like it's everything we've talked about it's yeah. everything where you worry about people being like are you why are you saying this and then if you're your friend because you, you respect those people that you respect too and you go Hold on, you realize you're making my... I'm going to show you something. Yeah. I'm going to show you something. I'm going to show you something. I'm going to show it. You're going to have to kill audio on this. This is the greatest thing that's ever happened in my life. Okay. I got it this morning. Yeah. I woke up shitty. I was like, fuck. Yeah. Uh, You're a phony. You're a piece of shit. You don't know how to write a joke. You never knew how to write a joke. It's all just fucking... You just, you're, I said to myself, you're just a guy, like, cause I'm in this big branding thing where I yeah. go, where I go, is it branding that does this? Like, uh, um, and I go, I go, it's gotta be brand. Like I'm, I'm not funny. I'm not, I'm just a guy who rips yeah, his shirt feel, off and, yeah, and big like alcoholic and yeah, that's all you ready for this. Yeah. I got this this morning and you have to kill audio on this. Okay. Just to give you a heads up. Come on, come on! It doesn't get much better than that. I almost started crying. Like, yeah, I, I mean, like, do you really? You got to understand. Is like, um, I can't, I can't play the to, auto to that, yeah, audio yeah. to that. But you'll see it. You'll see it. It's, it'll come out in, a, in something. But I, <laughs> you have to understand. Like, um, that people don't realize. I, I'm done doing print articles. Oh, I'm yeah. done. I, I did. I, this was on this special. I kind of learned you, you can't do print. Yeah. Uh, they they select what they want to say, and uh, and a writer tried to make me look really bad because I said um, comedy is being gentrified right now, and uh, what what I mean by that is people are getting into comedy that do not have co- comedic sensibilities and do not have comedic morals or values. Yeah, they're doing this in order to to make money fast, and by using our thing that we care about, they're fucking our thing that we like for money. Yeah. They're hooking our, our comedy. They took that and made it look like I said there's too many people of color and gays in, in As soon in comedy. as you said it, I went, I want to hear this thought. And then I thought, oh, I know how they fucked yep, this. They just went, this yep. guy's a dick. Fine. Fuck him. I don't care. My shit will hopefully transcend that. Yeah. If I get canceled for that, then fuck everybody. Hi, you're not getting canceled. By the way, I'm already ready to get canceled for my, my next special because I... I think I wrote it with so much fun and exuberance and that I like, laid in bed and I went, "Hey, what did I say dude. exactly?" Like, do you think you're gonna? I've had I think so a lot many of people thoughts. are gonna get really upset about what yeah, I yeah. said. I had a couple thoughts recently where I was like, "Wake up and you're like, fuck, is that, if that taken wrong, that could look real bad." Should I, I do a? Like, should I do an apology piece for this? I'm already, I'm already crafting my apology yeah. for the day I released my special. But there's, there's a thing, there's a thing about comedians that when another comedian that you genuinely respect and, and like and, and, and watch turns around and goes, hey, I think you're really funny. 
It's better than anything. It's better than it's, it's better the, than anything because it is again, it's confirmation that you're going down the right road and that you're doing it right. And I think that's the only thing you should worry about in comedy is like, am I doing it right? Is this the best I can do? And and something to echo back to what you were saying about, you know, people showing traits or whatever that you don't like. My friend Libby said something that I love where she was like, if someone does something that bothers you or upsets you, work on that thing in yourself. So if you feel like someone's not trustworthy, work on that on yourself and be more trustworthy and build yeah. up better trusting relationships and push those people out. You got to, you know what I mean? Like you got to fucking change that yeah. because you could go online and the, the joy, the pure awesomeness that that brought you taken away by some guy that works in an office that felt like writing, fuck Burt Kreischer. Yep. Hate your special. Fuck you. I still think of one. I think of one thing one guy wrote me still to this day. Yeah. And I was, I was in Minnesota and he wrote, why would I want to go see you? You're a one trick pony who tells the same jokes over and over again. And just gets drunk on stage, and all I thought was, Touché. you're like, yeah. if someone was like, you do voice in your story, you're like, well, all right, well, you've seen my act. <laughs> it's almost like I said, someone said that the other day about me. They said you are a one-trick pony uh, who tells one story, and I went. And by the way, there was a time I remember seeing. I remember seeing. Uh, I remember seeing a comic. Yeah. Perform at the Ryman. Yeah. I'll say her name. Angela Johnson. Yeah, yeah. And I remember seeing Angela Johnson and she sold out the Ryman. She yeah. sold out the fucking Ryman. And I was like Was Nate opening for her at that? He he was opening for her. Yep. He was opening yeah. for her. And I remember saying we had the same agent and I thought and I thought very quickly I thought she blew up off of one joke. And like that was that was her pop, right? Mm -hmm. As and as I was starting to happen for the machine story is sure. it, it had gone viral and i was like and i remember saying in the rhyme in a very spiritual place yeah god if you can allow me to blow up to the size of angela johnson off of my machine story if you can just give me that gift that you've given her she is a very talented comedian she Absolutely. is amazing she is way more than that one joke but that one joke was the beginning of her launch right that is her yeah that is her cannonball her shot. free bird if you can get me that Lord, I will I will gladly be just the machine for the rest of my life. I'll tell it every single show. Just give me, just let me once play the Ryman. We just added a second show on the Ryman, and I was like, oh, looks, like, looks, like looks like I'm talking to God that night, and I'm yeah. telling that story twice. <laughs> you go, well, sir, time to amend. Here okay. we go. Uh, Here's the deal. Can you get me one more machine story? There you go. How about another machine? You just start going back being like, thanks. Also, I was wondering. Also, if you also, can I get a movie? Sydney Opera House would be pretty <laughs> sick, dude. I follow Angela Johnson. I actually communicate with a lot with her a lot online. Like just uh, not just sure, actually. Sure. I take that back. I follow her on her community app, yeah. like on her community phone number. Yeah, yeah. And so she texts me, and I always get her text, and I feel like we're chatting. You're like, hey, my number is three two three two zero eight zero eight four four. And so, um, but uh, she she's selling out theaters everywhere. Yeah, continues to. And I thought. You know, for that one guy that writes the shitty thing, and by the way, that is not who I am. I did. This is now going to be my fourth special, right? My Yo, fourth, man, those... my fourth special where it's all everything's always original material. Never not toured without original material. But for that one guy, it's amazing how that one thing will sit with me as much as this one video where I go, 
this is the most important person. This is this is the most important person. I sent this to my dad and he goes, you, he goes, that. what's that mean to you? And I was like, it means a lot. And he was like, no, 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 no. I remember going into your room, telling you to turn him off the television so because, because you couldn't, because you had to go to bed and you would argue with me and say, I didn't get it. I didn't get it. Now he goes, I remember coming in one time and you were crying, crying, laughing at him. And I went, well, fuck it. Just let, it's better yeah. that he's up laughing. And I mean, and, you got to feel, you got to, I think what's also important about comedy in, in something that this business can suck the life out of you is you got to remember you started as a fan and you got to remember, it's like what you said when you see Michelle's otter joke, it's like, so it's, it's kind of a funny. thing where it's like, I, I love nothing more than walking into like the village underground after I've done a set at the cellar and I just want to go by and talk shit with like Liz and see who is ever at the underground. Cause I'm at the cellar around the corner. I'm like, ah, oh, if I can go out, I can smoke weed on the walk, have a, get a coffee, go in and be like, who's on stage and just go into the back and watch Sam Morrill or Norman or, you know, like Marina Franklin and have, watch him have a joke and be like, fuck you. That joke is fucking great. Yeah. And then you kind of leave and you're like, all right like there's just kind of this i was doing a ryan dunham's uh ryan donahue show and i watched this guy have a joke about world soccer and i wish i could remember the dude's name but i just pop my head in after my set uh watch this guy and I'm, i'll get the name from ryan but i watch this guy do this joke fucking hilarious about eastern european countries that's real sports fandom and you're like i'm walking away calling nate being like dude, i saw this kid do this joke it's so funny and it's like that's always the most fun is when vecchione comes home and he's like dude atel's got this new joke and you're like oh shit i remember you're... the first time i watched vecchione on last comic standing and i went what the fuck yeah dude I, by the way you know me and him have a, a past oh, where i, I know where, all about that i mean I look, yeah. he's my common-law husband and so i'm like i'm like what the fuck and then i got his album dude that meant and here's the weird thing is like i dude it it, I know, but I know the, so what's odd is we live in a world where we do things without really knowing the effects. And a lot of times you don't know the positive effects of that. Vecchione, I watched him build an hour and 20 minutes of airtight material and watched him be like, go to Comedy Central. And they're like, nah, you know, Netflix is like, nah. And he's like, fuck it. Let me do my own album. Did it in Long Island, crushed, edited it himself. Murdered. I watched him go through the tracking i watched him go through the mixes he didn't like the mixes i watched all the fucking work that vecchione put in that album and he put it out and he just put it out and he's like that's the album but you know i remember being at home and vecchione being like ah oh, dude fucking bert's the man he's like he's tweeting about my album he's like that's, that's so good because you don't realize that you listening being like it's so good people need to hear it but what that's doing for him is validating him in a, in a roundabout yeah, way yeah well, yeah like that guy saying that yeah he didn't need to didn't need to didn't need to and anytime someone does something that you don't need them to do when ron bennington asked me to do unmasked for the hbo special i yeah. was like you don't need to do that by the way uh uh exact uh exact when he did it for secret time yeah exact same feeling exact yeah. you definitely 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 I understand that I am not the caliber of what you normally have on here. That's how exactly how I felt. God damn it. I opened the I opened the unmasked by being day. like, dude, I've been on road gigs listening to your unmasked with Patrice and Burr as a way to be like, hey, I'm, we're all taking ass whoopings. Take your ass whoop, take your medicine and go to your hotel. And if it's one of those nights, it's one of those some nights you're a performer. Some nights you're a fucking artist. Most nights, take your medicine 
and go to your hotel room. I don't want to have to take my medicine tonight. Uh, you might have I'm to, though. If I, I wonder if I even have spots. No one's texted me. Oh, well, there you go. And, um, and then that's that feeling where you feel guilty, where you're like, you got the night off, and you're like. If I have the night off. By the way, I'm supposed to do, um, this is hardcore secret time. I'm supposed to do a Spanish-speaking show. Yeah. And do the machine story in Spanish. That's my first spot you know of the Spanish? night. I mean, uh, I just went to Russian. Claro. Uh, no, I speak Spanish a little bit, but uh, but um, Jesus Trejo has sent me the translation. That's great. And he's like, This, if you can learn it, and so I, I gotta learn the translation of the machine story in Spanish. Great. But I'm, I'm gonna text him if I don't have a spot tonight, I'm gonna text him and go, Hey, when's the next Spanish speaking night? Yeah, because I can, I can definitely get it down pat in a month. Man, there's always cool shit. And uh, my favorite person to be around with all this shit is uh, Joe List. Because Joe List, Joe List is a person where he's like, he finds a way to phrase things that impact you. Yeah. Where he's taking a cab home. And I told him I got the HBO special. And he's like, I'm so fucking happy for you. And then he just sits there and he goes, man, you're going to have that static before your show. Before your special, you're going to have the... <laughs> and then, be, you know... I watched Drew Michaels special and he had the old school HBO coming out of the stars. So then I asked HBO, I go, can I get the full 1983 introduction? And they're like, yeah. So when you see my special, it's the dad turning the TV and then it going over the city and then up into space and then, and you're going through the O. And I was like, I was on Bonnie McFarlane's show at Gotham when they sent me the first cut and I was in the back and I was just like making these weird giggling noises. And I was like, yeah. oh, yeah oh man and then bonnie came out and i showed her and she's like that's why you were making those noises she's like i didn't know what the fuck you were doing back here i was like that yeah. is crazy because it's like <laughs> see if netflix can give me the stranger things intro <laughs> dude by the way they'll be like sure okay like yeah. what if i titled my special even stranger things <laughs> and then, yeah and then you just fucking go in and they're like well it's kind of a current product and we don't know stranger thingies but stranger thingies <laughs> is so fucking funny to call it stranger thingies and you're just gonna get a bunch of people they're like new season god damn it it's a comedy special especially if you have the whole intro where it's like do, 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 like doing that what like, if i little... call my special the irish person <laughs> dude you should please do that please market whatever their biggest thing is and then just go dude, right to center this is what's wrong with me is i think i do most of my thinking on podcasts and so i I pitched a movie to Tom yeah. on our podcast, Two Bears, One Cave, and he likes it, and we're trying to sell it, but I already pitched it on the podcast. Dude, there's there's like ideas sometimes that you have with comedians where you're like, I'm going to try this, and then people are like- Motorcycle story. Dude, they're like, what? And the like, motorcycle story I told to you guys organically on your show. I remember that. And we it was just perfect. The lighting I mean, was great. I was drunk. We were high. Oh, my God. And we you were... guys punched it up so much, and I- you know, I have told it since, but I just tell it the way we told it in that room. I've never really added that's to the way, it. Dude, uh, one of the jokes that I have on the HBO special came from being on the bonfire, and we brought up the Leaving Neverland trailer for the documentary. Yeah. It was before it came out, and Jay was like, let's watch this documentary trailer. This is getting a lot of heat in fucking Sundance. Let's see what this is about. It's a minute into the trailer, and I go, pause this, stop. I'm telling you right now as a kid, Joe Montana or Hulk Hogan could have easily fucked me. Easily <laughs> fucked me. They could have fucked the shit out of me, and I wouldn't have done shit. I see why these guys, I see how he got them. And then it was like, oh, well, I'm going to do that on stage. And then you kind of change it in the joke, but you're kind of like, 
it's still really what how it was in the room. I dude, I told I told a story on on Rogan one time on <clears throat> I'd just been in Cleveland and Rogan got up to use the bathroom and it was just me and Red Band and I told a story that went directly into my special almost untouched. Yeah. And I just it made Brian laughed so hard and Joe came in. He started laughing. He goes, I don't even know what I'm listening to. But the, you, you see, like, that's the same thing that we were talking about. Like, when you have the friends that respect or the friends that know you and they're like, oh, that's you. Yeah. Because you're like, you're doing the thing naturally. It's like the back to the cooking analogy. It's like you would be in the kitchen making your shit the same way because you like to cook. You're like, oh, that was fun. It tastes good. Same way with comedy. I'm like, I'm still fucking, I'm still going to be funny. Yeah. Like, I'm, and that's what's kind of nice after you film a special is to get away and go back to being like, Oh, this is why I'm naturally funny. These I, are my. It's that it is interesting to the get get back to the naturally funny and get yeah. back to like the writing aspect. I'm, I have one bit. I have a few bits that I want to take up tonight, but I have one bit that's a little more complicated. The problem with the problem with me is like I would tell it good. I could probably tell it good on bonfire to you yeah. guys, but on stage without the without you guys punching up moments for me and allowing me to think and sure. breathe yeah, it's a lot harder you know? to do where you just go like like i don't know it's it's in, it's interesting you guys are really lucky to have that show i mean dude it's, it's such uh, a great fucking show and then the two of you to have each other i mean you don't find that i gotta be honest with you you don't find that often i was talking to tom about it yeah we had a moment on on a podcast i think coming out this week maybe might have already come out i know him so well that i knew i had a story yeah. about someone he knew yeah. that he had never heard yeah and i stopped and i said i love what's happening right now so much and he goes what and i go i know i'm about to say something that's going to make you lose your fucking mind and i said i'm getting chill it's a it's a power it's a power Dude, that you Jay have over a friend where you know them so well, you go, I'm about to make you shake uncontrollably. I know that I have that, and it's about to happen in three, two, and I told him, and he was laughing so hard that I couldn't stop laughing. And by the way, I knew the story wasn't done yet. And you're still got, there's, Jay had one recently where there's this documentary. Um, I think it's like, Tell Me Who I Am. It's about these two uh, twin brothers in England. And one of them has a head injury, and one of them has to tell his film's past. I read a news article about it. Yeah, Jay called me, just excited. And he goes, "Dude, I just watched this documentary," <laughs> and I go, "Oh yeah?" And he's like, yeah, "It's it's called, uh, you know, tell me who I am, and it's um about." The I go, "Oh, I read a news article about it." Well, it turns out the mother sexually abused both twins, but one twin, when he filled in his life, he didn't leave it to him. So there's a scene in the documentary where the twin is like, "Tell me what actually happened," and the other twin's like. All right, I, I recorded it. I'm going to show you and come back in. And Jay's like, I immediately knew you and I would make fun of that. And that's all we did on yesterday's bonfire. Where he's like, tell me the truth. What's going on? And he's like, mom used to suck your dick and you liked it more than I did. And he's like, son of a bitch. I didn't want to hear that. But it's like, we were just, we would just do that the whole show where he's like, tell I me. thought it was going to be better. Yeah, and he goes, this doesn't hurt. This hurts a lot more. And we were just doing it. Like Jay knew exactly that I was going to have that response. So he was like, dude, he said it in the car and he goes, I kind of don't want to ruin it because I know your reaction is going to be. Yeah. And so then we just on the show the entire time, he's like, all right, tell me what it is. And he's like, mom and her friends used to gangbang you and they called you slippery hole because you enjoyed it so much. And he's like, <laughs> fuck 
fuck, I didn't need to hear that right now. Not on a Wednesday. And we're like, is that is that the end of it? No, no, it keeps going. No, 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 no. You are a cum sock. And he goes, oh, god damn it. And it's like a thing where Jay, that's what I love about that, about the bonfires. Jay just like. It's hard. It's a hard. I got to be really honest. It's a hard show to to double dutch into well dude we've had that jacob our producer that's probably our reoccurring note he's like when you have a guest give them because we're used to like you norman people coming in and just being like boom 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 i'm here let's go yeah. ari can just fucking jump in and be like because they're comfortable <laughs> remember when we had ever last yeah <laughs> where you guys dude we that was fucking so much fun <laughs> i forget what it was but the the pitch was something something sexual and I go, I don't think that's what he's into, guys. And yeah. then within a second, I'm like, I'll get totally naked for you right now. And oh, you're dude. like, wait, that's the... How is that fucking... Dude, I remember us doing House of Pain for him to try to get him in. We're like, whoa, <laughs> And we're doing acapella. Dude, we've done stuff like... Jay's done stuff where he's such a good friend. We're like, dude, I'm uncomfortable. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't. Like Paris Hilton, he was like, dude, put the porn up. She was in the studio next to us. He's like, put her porn up. And he's like, Jay, don't do that. Jay, don't do that. And finally, I talked to him. He's like, all right, let's not do that. And I was like, he's like, but bump her song. And let's leave the door open when she walks by. We'll be bumping her music. Yeah. And sure as shit, dude, we're bumping it. And she comes in. And she goes, like, hey, you guys partying? She was really cool. Yeah. But it was just awesome. such a funny thing to watch Jay be like. Ooh, I want Paris Hilton on my podcast. Ooh. Do it. TV show. Dude, do it. I think do it all. Uh... Yeah. But it was one of those things where Jay's. Jay's got that older brother energy where he's kind of like, I know how, son of a bitch. He's like, I know how to get this going for you. I love Paris Hilton. She would, dude, she had a moment where she kind of dropped the act and I was like, yo, you're this shit. Like, you're way smarter than her. What's the matter? What time? What's, what's, you have a heart out? Oh, dude, We've been going for almost two hours. I have a meeting in 15 minutes. Oh, fuck. Oh, okay. Um, dude the synopsis on this like documentary is nuts it's fucking nuts dude dude so there are these twins right and one of them gets in a motorcycle accident and loses all his memory so the first person he sees is his twin and his twin has to tell him exactly what's happened in his life so that's why jay was like i don't want to spoil it for you but he's like the guy tells him what happens and he's like can we just talk about that moment and that's what i love where you're like oh yeah let's just talk about that fucking this is some dark shit yeah dude but that's the best part about jay that's the thing i love about jay Oakerson more than anything he could take the darkest thing and be like it's just crazy um yeah i it you it, it i feel bad for people I feel bad for people. I think this goes back to like, especially, you know, where you're at. You're so, you're so raw after you do a special. Yeah, I think mean, both yeah. of us are right there. Yeah. I think you're probably a lot more recovered than I am, but even I think still, I'm coming around. I'm on the mend, yeah. you know, as they say, like, I'm like, like doing all this press for the special today has been the best day. It, it's fun. All the stuff I've done is super fun. Yeah. But when you're talking about stand up a lot, you finally get to that point where you're like, let me just go back to doing stand-up. Can I just go back yeah. to doing the work? Yeah. It's like dirty talking too much. You're like, I got it. Can we fuck? What's going on? <laughs> this is a lot. This is a, like, this sex thing is like driving me nuts. But it is, it's, uh, 
you're still in a very raw place. You're still I'm in a like, very raw place. And I, I feel like I shouldn't. I just, I just tried to push the Spanish speaking show. He goes, yes. Next month, next month, next month. How do you say next month in Spanish? You're talking to the most gringo. A, uh, fucking. You're talking to a gringo. Um, I reached out to Piolin. Do you know you don't know who Piolin is? Piolin's like a legend, a legit fucking legend. He owns uh, Spanish speaking radio. Got it. Piolin por la mañana. Piolin and El Cucuy are like the two biggest guys, right? Really? Uh, but Cucuy, even that think, name, I'm just kind of like, I'm sorry. And so Tom started a Spanish speaking podcast, Great. and. And it's all my friends, all my Cuban friends are texting me like, dude, this, by the way, this is legit funny. That's and great. I go, really? And they're like, it's really funny. And they're, they're like, we'll never not want to call him Tomisito. 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 Wait, does Tom speak fluent Spanish? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. And so. Um, That's so fucking badass. I, I really feel like when you find out a person can t speak another language. Well, like, his mom's Peruvian. So great. He grew up. His mom barely speaks English now, I think. Yeah. I mean, I, she speaks English, but she's not like. It's definitely her second language, and she learned it as an adult, I think. Yeah. And so. um, But uh, I reached out to El Cucuy, or uh, to Piolin last night, just as a joke. In Spanish, I just said something like, uh, move over, Piolin. My fat friend Tom's coming for your spot at the top. Tomisito. And then Pulian wrote back, like, and he goes, Hey, what's what's the problem? I think you guys are hilarious. And I was like, Oh fuck. Oh fuck. Oh fuck. I, I was, was like, joking. Pulian. Oh, lo siento. No, I'm sorry. Por favor, goes, por favor. All right. Mi madre. Yeah, he goes, Well, now I send the cartel after you. Pulian. Mr. Kreischer. But I just I'm I was Pulian, I think, is gonna was gonna be at the show tonight. And yeah. so I was like, I can't bomb in front of Pulian no, after I send No, no, after you fucking and, talk by the way, a little shit. By the way, just for the record this is this is he goes jesus is like i hope you have the same same one a lot my cuando tienen dos uh, 22 años me involucre en la mafia rusio así como paso and i was like así es como paso which i'm like i need to i need to learn it I can't. I'm not going to be able to just memorize this in one night. It's fucking yeah, yeah, way too you much. Got to get it. Got it. But once what are you the, get it, what are the press you doing for the special? Um, I'm doing Diaz's. I'm doing Joey's podcast today. I'm doing, uh, tomorrow, doing nice. Rich Eisen's uh, show. There's a bunch of fun podcasts. Rich Eisen's is fun as fuck. Yeah, dude. There's a bunch of fun stuff where it's like you know I'm gonna go back to New York and do a podcast with Ari. And there's like yeah. a, a bunch of fun ones. I'm doing go Santino's. Deep, go doing deep ginger with, whiskey. What about Theo? whiskey ginger? Theo's not doing Theo's, but I did Fighter and the Kid yesterday. Fighter and the Kids had a blast. Legendary. I love those guys. So it's been fun, man. Um, I, I'm coming back to LA in February, and the good thing about kind of a streaming special is even though it's two months out, I can still come. Oh yeah, promote yeah. It. Oh yeah. And then uh, go deep with Joey. Here's the thing, I gotta do bonfire after, so it's a great thing to do after You gotta do bonfire after Joey? Yeah. So I'm like, I can get fucked up. Oh yeah, go go deep. But I can't do edibles. Why not? I'll get fucking spun, dude. I get spun easy. I don't know what it is. I think I got too many lacerations on my liver from this drinking. This is what you I, do then. You need to why does that is that what I don't know. I haven't I, oh. no, no. um this is what you gotta do. I would I would uh I would find I would I would direct the narrative yeah. and find the ridiculous joint and bring it in yourself the ridiculous weed bring it in yourself <laughs> because know what you're coming in with i would joey is someone i would not tangle with when it comes to drugs by the way dog dog he's a guy where i wouldn't even act like i could 
I'm gonna come in and be like, I'm gonna act like I don't even smoke weed. I've never smoked it. Is it good? Is it what does it make you feel like? <laughs> Done it every day since I was 16, and I'm like, I'm not even chasing that because I've watched Joey. I've watched Joey take a hit of a pipe, and I've been like, out. It's like hearing the bat. It's like hearing the ball go off a bat of a major leaguer. You're like, yeah. oh, that guy's got home run power. I can't even connect. Yeah, Joey's. Uh, Joey's. He took a hit of a bowl one time on a thing where he's just like, <sighs> he's like, dog. I was like watching his podcast on YouTube with Lewis because Lewis ate a bunch of fucking edibles. And I was like, hey, Lewis doesn't get affected by edibles. So I was interested. And by the way, he was like, by the way, I got affected by edibles. Yeah, let me night. let me be that person. I would love to not get affected by edibles. Yeah, but I watched because I was like, he had like three Death Stars or whatever. And then Joey fucking hit a bowl. And I was like, dude, that's a different. That's like a duh, like Doug Benson. But then Joey, you watch him take a hit. I'm like, yeah, hey, the little sweet Lord. I'm going to take it fucking real light. Light and easy tomorrow. Be careful. <laughs> He's the first person I called when I got slipped Molly. Yeah, and you're like, what do I do? He's like, like, He's like, dog will be there in 10. Oh, yeah. And I was like, thank you. And then, yeah. <sighs> thank God he was. Because as soon as he came, you know, because I had such weird, and I mean, I, I, obviously I, was, I think in that moment, I, I don't like talking about this too much, but sure. in that moment I felt uh, betrayed by Ari. Of course, because it was happening against you. Didn't it was happening in the. It was in the. It was in the real. That's why. That's the reason I'm not going to release a podcast, yeah. and and that and that'll give me something to talk about for the next year. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm not releasing. I'm not releasing. And then when I need a bump in my career, I'll be like, all right, yeah, yeah, here it goes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, fucking Patreon. And so, uh, and so I was, I was in such a bad place with Ari at that moment. That, the drugs and, can't be enjoyable. And and the, yeah, and I was just negative. And when Joey came over, I saw the positive i was like okay i'm on drugs this has gotten out of my out of control i need to find a way to I'm, i can't fight this i need sure. to find a way to enjoy this sure and let it run its way through my system and it'll be over and it'll be over and it was fine this it was too fine. shall it was, pass i mean it was it you know there's a lot that to unpack to unravel with that but like joey coming over kind of saved my life a little bit for sure and, and so but, having uh, a person like that when i got robbed when i lived in tucson I went drinking. That I remember, night. Did I? You when they I did brought that, you back to your house? This no. This is the, this is not happening. Yeah, where I got hogtied I, and pistol whipped. God damn it! I've heard that story. That's a great fucking story. Thanks. And that night, I went to this bar, the Golden Nugget, this dive bar in Tucson. Got hammered, and I go to my buddy's house, and he's uh, got a fucking quarter pound of mushrooms. Yeah. And I fucking grab a handful. Probably grabbed about you know close to four grams. Tossed it in. He was like, that was a bad idea. I'm going through a lot. I got robbed today. And then I called my friend Mark and I went to his house and I went to his house from 11 p.m. till six in the morning and had a fucking blast because I saw the positive. Yeah, you and just got to find the And we started positive. watching things and we just started making fun of stuff. I smoked a whole pack of cigarettes and I was just like, well, okay. and then I walked back to my apartment like, here we go, here we go. And then I got home and I was like, oh, there's nothing to be worried about. But yeah, you're right. There's like people that can help you fucking pull that out. Yeah, and Joey's got that. Well, we'll see how it goes tomorrow. Well, hey, congratulations on the special. Thanks, oh, oh, by the way, please, when you come back out yeah. and, and you're like, oh, still come back on the podcast. Love to. I, I fucking lo have I, a blast hanging out I, with you I, every I time. You're one of the easiest guys to talk to and you're so fucking quick and funny. And I'm I'm not saying this. I've said this before. I've said this to everyone. Sure. I have people coming up to me at my shows and everyone knows it. The Bonfire is my favorite fucking show to do. Yeah, I really It is so it. much fucking fun. As you know, you have an open invite. I was Whenever supposed to come out to fucking Ari fucked this up too. I was supposed to move out to New York for a month, for a week in December. Yeah. And live in New York and do spots and get ready for a new hour. And my wife is like, 
no no not with him she's like no she was like no you know what she's like too much is going on in your life to roll the dice and be a party boy you're not going out there you're staying here with your family you're you're going to do spots in the city and i'm cool with it but i'm not sending you to new york once you're cool in 2020 come on out for a week <laughs> and be on the bonfire for fucking three days i uh and come gonna, and hang out i'm gonna, and we'll what I'm have gonna a do fucking is... blast and you know what come out when it's like depressingly cold in march come and fucking hang out Tuesday, wednesday fucking shit um my uh, my first week on tour yeah is january 30th 31st and february 1st i'll and be around second yeah and it ends in oh it ends in boise idaho How okay the fuck does that happen that's a pretty good routing though what no it starts in vermont hey they are you on a bus <laughs> how the fuck is that possible oh you do vermont down and around and up I don't wait know. how the fuck is that possible vermont dayton ohio yeah rochester new york you're getting fucking nuts vermont added a show in vermont everybody hey. um hey uh Dude, thank you. Congratulations. Dude, thanks, man. And when it lets out, let me know and I'll send post out whatever you I'll want. I'll fucking you're the best, dude. Fuck yeah. For real. This episode was brought to you by the machine.